They got me working with some pig dudes and whatnot. Yo, I ain't no pig. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Kivecast. Was that Star Space Station the snap open space hatch? Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird a monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Steven B. Dem. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the load. We start our seventh season and fourth year of the Kivecast with an upbeat issue dedicated to the pig dude whatnot ugnot. We chat with Brian Stillman about his recently released documentary, Plastic Galaxy, and talk about body parts with Yehuda. This goes along with the general discussion of the status of prototype collecting. Sky unleashes extra poetry, and Steve's unload item has 38% extra Steveness. We have most of our usual features along with the new forum report by Trevor the Tweeter Duder on this month's Kivecast. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks! Welcome to Kivecast number 48. Yeah, it's the, the Ugnot episode, Steve. Thrilling. <laughs> you know, I thought that too. I thought, like, this is, you know, going to be a real struggle. But there are so many things about the Ugnot to say and to think. I, I'm really surprised, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the fun thing about doing it this way is, like, you are forced to dig through the depths <laughs> about all these figures, and, and you really can come up with a lot, so it's uh, it, it always turns out to be much easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, we're going to talk about this later. I don't even have a movie thought this this month. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, b- because I've added an extra poem, and... Uh, oh, hey, see, that? I, I think that's a fair trade-off. If you... <laughs> you uh, well, Sacrifice one for the other. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, trust me, everyone will think it's all worth it at the end. If it, it would have tipped the the scales too far to the sky side, um, <laughs> but you know, I will say the sort of one figure thought I have, which is, uh, is the Ugnot the most clearly smiling Star Wars figure? Ooh, and you know what? That's a good question. I'd always kind of thought of Yoda, but it, when you look at the Ugnot figure itself, you're right; it's more pronounced that's for sure right well because you know yoda has the like we just said you know the Smirk. mona lisa smile yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean really what a goofball <laughs> that ugnot is he's just so happy yeah and, uh, much happier than the uh the real life ugnots <laughs> exactly yeah and that's sort of the the theme i wanted to go with steve okay. was happy 2014 yeah it works for me because it's uh you know it's it's january and uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I cut off my hair. Um, I, I didn't do it, you know, for locks of love. It has nothing to do with Chewbacca. I just got a haircut. Yep. Yep. Um, my sister's-in-law basically shanghaied me and took me to the salon and made me do it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to get out there a little bit, sort of not try to be so depressed and sad because, you know, 2013 was just... That was uh, a rough one. Yeah, the, the French have a term for it. It's called uh, Berezine, which is a, a famous uh, loss. Uh, of Napoleon's army, and that's sort of what, what 2013 was. Um, but 2014 just started happy as an ugnot. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of want to. Oh. I, I want to start off by saying, first of all, the Kivecast is going to give back. 
Yes. So if you listen all the way to the feedback section, you will learn how you can maybe win a star tot. Because uh, uh, I have sort of an idea for that. But, all right. But, but also, Steve, everyone was just so nice to me this Christmas. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And, and um, let's start with you, Steve. So I got this, this package in the mail. Yeah. And uh, it's from Santa Barbara. And, you know, this is my, my first Christmas where I'm not, you know, with my, my now ex-wife. So I, I got sort of these gifts from other people. And I thought, instead of opening them, you know, December 20th, whenever I get them, I'm going to bring them and open them up with my family. Yeah. And so Steve got me this, like... I guess it's Steve and, and his and his lady friend um, <laughs> yeah. uh, got me this. Uh, it's like a it's like a framed bandolier image, but then you guys added fur trim to it. Yeah, yeah. So it was a print that that Tessa found actually, and uh, I'm like, man, that would be kind of cool framed, but it needs something more. And uh, I found this fabric that, like, by the picture, I'm like, that looks like Chewbacca fur. I'm just going to gamble and, and hope that it is. And uh, it turned out just right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, yeah. I mean, that just started off the cavalcade of giving. I love it. I, it's right next to the Bruce White uh, Weezer poster up here Sweet. in the Chuseum, which is the part, you know, uh, where I record, I don't actually see my carded figures. I just see the sort of miscellaneous annex with the, the couple of Bruce White pieces and my masks and sort of the, the paintings and, and weird stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was sort of one nice thing. Um, as we're going to talk later, um, I had like these two weekends where I was going to be traveling. And so I just kind of put it out there. And I knew that Yehuda, a uh, friend of the show, Yehuda, was – he always sort of said, hey, I could come by and stay with him. So I stayed with him and I got to see his collection. We'll be hearing a lot from him later. Oh, good. And he had like an extra uh, unpainted uh, torture chamber uh, Chewbacca. Okay. So, you know, like the, the micro collection Chewbacca. Right. And he just gave it to me. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome because that's one of those items where there's always one for sale and they're always like sure. 25 bucks, but like, right. you don't really want to spend 25 bucks and there's so many of them out there. So, you know, that was really nice. And, uh, let's see, my buddy Ted sent me, uh, a, a Wampa ice scraper, which, which of course, <laughs> which of course makes me think of, of the show. Yeah. Have, have you seen this, Steve? <laughs> No, no, I haven't seen this. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, well, you wouldn't need it out there in your, your fancy Santa Barbara. No, man, it's like 82 degrees in L.A. today. I, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it's an ice scraper with the, that has a cover of a wampa thing, of a wampa uh, arm on it. Awesome. So that was great. Um, let's see. Uh, Ron was really nice, and uh, let me get like a, a QC sample of the Chewbacca bop bag. Huh. Now the sticker fell off. We're going to talk more about that later, but okay. it's still just this totally awesome piece. And you know, one of my favorite things, you know, is the bop bag. Yeah. Uh, my dad got me the. It's kind of a funny story. That's why I tell it. This like large Chewbacca they just came out with. It. It's like a plush, like four foot Chewbacca <laughs> with a huge head. But he got really upset because according to the ad, it's it has all of Chewbacca's lines. Oh, so, he, so it's he, a talking he, thing. All right. He, he kept on pressing the button, expecting it to say more things. 
But he'd be like, uh, did, 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 did you save the receipt? I'm like, it's okay, Pa. This is pretty much all he says. No, no, it's, it says it has all of his sayings. And, you know, it's like the three or four ones you hear. Oh, man. And the all, sayings. All Christmas, I like that. He, like, he went through the, like, the recycling trying to find the box to make sure that we didn't get the wrong kind. <laughs> And then on top of all that, you know, come home and fellow Chewbacca collector uh, Steve Renzi had sent me the this awesome Dixie cup, uh, Chewbacca Dixie cup. And he's been talking to me about getting it to me for years. Yeah. And uh, it was just, you know, a really nice way to come back home. Awesome. So, you know, I've uh, – I know one of my uh, New Year's resolutions was to actually treat friend ho- – hobby friends like friend friends. Um, <laughs> so that's part of the reason I wanted to really stay – you know, I stayed with Ron a little bit with Yehuda and – what, yeah. did, what did I do for you, Steve? You actually called me up on the phone. That's right. I called you up on the phone. Randomly. Yeah, just randomly, just to talk. And I almost did that like three or four times. I almost called Chris Joglius like three or four times. But then I realized I probably would have wound up asking him about the show. So I'm going to call him at some point after I've recorded this month's show. There you go. Yeah. You know, when you talk to, when you talk to Chris Joglius, you have to talk about the show. Yep. yep. So anyways, that's just like a, a blast of positivity. Is it, is it too much, Steve? No, man. I'm, I'd say the more, the better. And it's, it's all good. Now, how about you? Did you have any spectacular uh, uh, vintage or Star Wars-y Christmas gifts? Uh, not so much vintage, but I got a nice Millennium Falcon bottle opener, which is hanging on the fridge. Um, let's see. What else? All the other stuff is more just kind of practical, but but good. Dodger, a lot of Dodger stuff, so that was that was always good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I just feel refreshed in a lot of ways too with, with the new year. Um, so it's, it's good. I can't complain. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel too. I feel like this is, it's gotta be a better year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, wait, that sounds negative. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So, uh, I guess pretty much you're the person who's going to be, uh, providing us with the movie or figure thought. Okay. Um, well, yeah, this, this kind of goes back. It's one of those awesome moments where I found something months ago. I'm like, I have to save this for the show. And uh, when we were back in Seattle in September, we went to that crazy toy stable store. And uh, there was a lot of stuff in there that I wanted to take home, and I just kind of forced myself not to. But I came across this binder of production stills or whatever from Empire Strikes Back, and I found one of Ugnaughts talking with Princess Leia, and one of the Ugnaughts is carrying his vintage, like, lunch pail accessory thing, and I don't know if it's just me not looking hard enough, but I hadn't seen until then any picture of, like, an actual Ugnaught carrying that thing. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So that's where it comes from. But, uh, so that, (laughs) that's my movie slash figure thought, I guess. Yeah, I mean, really, I think this is going to be a real exploration as to why the Ugnaught is great this month. Yeah, as it often yeah. is. But that <laughs> is de- like, definitely the best accessory. A lunchbox? Yeah. How I awesome mean, I don't is know that? what that is. I mean, that's why I assume it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's like he's shaking her hand kind of awkwardly. There, it's just a strange photo. Um, <laughs> now, uh, actually, there is one other, uh, at least one other Star Wars figure who carries around food. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Trivia here. Who carries around food? Ah, oh, who is it? It's Chewbacca. He uh, he keeps snacks oh, in his, well, right. in his, his little, little bag thing. Okay. <laughs> that's at least one of the things he keeps in there. Okay. Um, you know, he also has uh, like uh, like a like a subway card. Um, <laughs> you know, for the Bart in like San Francisco. <laughs> so um, like a Metro Rail or what? yeah, a pack of Jimmy hats. You know. Um, <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a great picture, Steve. You actually you sent it to me, but I haven't actually seen the picture, so I just have to use oh, okay. my, my my mind uh, to imagine okay. it. <laughs> All right, um, that's that's really uh, awesome. Should we uh, hit the poetry corner before the flip the script? Yeah, that works for me. And it's funny when I <laughs> when I asked you about what what your uh, thoughts were for for this episode, you said I'm working on it, but three words: Ugnot poetry slam. Yes. <laughs> That got me quite pumped up, I have to say. Well, you know, because at some point we're going to do something with the with the sky coups. I'll give the yeah. sky coups, but then we'll have the bonus poetry slam. Okay. But the sky coups maybe not are up to my usual quality. We'll we'll see. Maybe I'm underselling it. Who knows? Okay. So so here it is uh, for for the the figure. All right. Purple smock, blue smock. Deep in the shadows of steam, beneath. The machine. <laughs> oh man, that last line isn't really <laughs> I've, ties I've, it together. I've done tons of work. I've like actually buried a lot of like half-written haikus. Anyways, see that there's gonna have to be the unpublished version <laughs> the, the, that, that gets that gets sent out one day. <laughs> yep. Now here's a haiku about the character that will then lead into the poetry slam. All right. The clouds form my bed. Serve a salesman and bald mute. Gas. <laughs> Forms my prison. <laughs> so, so after I'd written that, Steve, I realized, like, uh, a couple months ago, I, I wound up, I think I told you about this, I wound up uh, being on a panel of um, black female uh, MCs and poetry slammers. <laughs> no, no, I never heard about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you could say I was out of place. Um, Everything, like, literally, it was... It, Everything about it was what I was not. Um, so I wound up seeing a lot of poetry slam sort of stuff and sort of a lot of poems. And, and a lot of poems are about like the nature of beauty and acceptance and, and rejection in society. So um, I, I've actually already recorded this because I don't think I'll be able to get through it with you listening. <laughs> probably not. That's probably a good call. <laughs> so feel free to laugh or whatever because I'll probably just drop it in. Um, <laughs> but this is If I Were an Ugnot. At a poetry slam. (laughs) Ugh not or ugh is by sky. Cannot ugh not cannot define my beauty by your standards. Stand ards, stand hard, stand tall, not me. Cannot, ugh, not, cannot define my beauty by your height. Two foot three, two foot me. Am I a pig? Am I a walrus? I am everything you cannot conceive. You cannot, ugh, not, cannot conceive. Strong, smart, and beautiful. Never see me in your Noxima Felicity. Never see me in your alligator Neutrogena commercials. The poetics of eugenics would say an Ugnot will not breed, will not, Ugnot will not breed with you. But you see, like these beautiful white tusks screaming out from my upturned mouth, like these beautiful white tusks framing my porcine nose of dignity, like these beautiful white tusks, my beauty comes from within. And for those that cannot see, 
Those that cannot, ug not, cannot see my beauty. You are blind. Blind like a smuggler dipped in carbonite, drool dripping down his chin. His chin of ignorance. His chignorance. I love you, I know. But who loves Ugnot? I do not know. Cannot Ugnot cannot love. No one loves Ugnot. Except Ugnot must love herself. Ugnot must love himself. Ugnot is not self-hate. Ugnot Ug is love. Oh man, so. my my stomach is hurting. <laughs> oh man, so that uh, that was my my poetry slam. If, oh, if I wow, I spent wow. a long time working on the delivery. I was actually in my office yesterday. Fortunately, no one was around. <laughs> I say, yeah, I, you, you got good uh, soundproofing on your door. <laughs> I was trying to figure like, am I a, how to get the wall rust? <laughs> So uh, yeah, well done, Thank man. Uh, <laughs> Take a drink of water wow. after that one. Wow, yeah, I think you you need to hydrate after after that. Um, so uh, what do you say, Steve? I think we can uh, now now flip the script because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we need to flip this whole thing around because I might All just right. do the whole thing in poetry slam talk. You might, yeah. <laughs> it's really really hot here. Flip the script. Flip the script. Uh, all right, so so this month's little tidbit comes from the annotated screenplays, um, which is a great book if if those out there haven't picked it up and read it. There's a lot of good stuff in there, um, but it, you know, finding stuff specifically Ugnot is a little bit tough. Uh, so I went with something that was best been related, and in a poetic sense, you know, it reminded me of Ugnot. So this, we'll see what you think about this. I love poetry. I know, as we had just discovered. <laughs> Um, all right, so during early story conferences between Lucas and the original screenwriter Lee Brackett, uh, for one, uh, Cloud City or, or Bespin was called Kettlebray as the gas planet. And uh, so I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, is um, that someplace in the Bay Area? It might be. <laughs> it might exist somewhere. Like, that sounds um, like, a, like a, maybe like a hodgepodge of two different things in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being the case. It sounds um, like a, like a street, like yeah, take a left on Kettlebray and a right on Market. Dang. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. Um, <laughs> but it may, I, I think that that works. Um, anyway, so it, you know, it describes Cloud City pretty much as it is. But uh, one of the weird things is the original idea was when Han, Leia, and Chewie and Trippio get there. They are attacked by something called the Whatnots, which are <laughs> aliens that live in the center of the fog. And uh, it doesn't really explain how they get out of this, but they get picked up by, like, a cloud car patrol and, and taken to Bespin. But I just love Attack of the Whatnots, which rhymes with Ugnot. <laughs> yeah, that, that must be, like, the, the ultimate, you know, because basically Ugnots are just ugly Whatnots. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. I never yeah. really thought about that, but that's like if you put the name together, it's just an ugly whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't you see him describing it being like, you know, those ugly, you know, whatnots? Oh, yeah. The, the Ugnots? <laughs> Ugnots. <laughs> yeah, also, so also that, ugly astronaut also works that, for that uh, works. too. Yeah, yeah. Ugly cosmonaut, you know, if they happen to follow the, the teachings of Ilya, uh, you know, <laughs> Lenin. 
Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the whatnots. Man. Yeah. All right. Well, then I, I think uh, we have some we have some news to get to, Steve. Oh yeah, this is this is going to be polyvocal, but it's not going to be a, a guest thing. It's going to be just two wicked positive guys, right, Steve? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the the UG is. Uh, <laughs> It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. Ah. All right, good. So we are here uh, at, at the news, and I think obviously the biggest news in the world is that uh, Brian Stillman has finally released the movie Plastic Galaxy on DVD, the definitive documentary about collecting Star Wars vintage toys. I, w- I won't say finally. No, I wouldn't say finally. No. It, he ha- it, when I say finally, I mean like we have all been waiting so long. We're excited to get it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like when you go to a restaurant and, and you really want to go to the restaurant, and it's not your fault and it's not their fault, but there's like a line to sit down, and so you got to wait 45 minutes, and then you sit down, and you order the food, and it's like every second after that second you order the food you're like come on where's the food because like your brain's been waiting 45 minutes to eat right <laughs> so the food comes out in 20 minutes just like normal and you get and you say finally but it's not like the cook you know didn't you know make your you know duck right so <laughs> that that's what that's what i meant i don't really need okay. to go through all that but uh, what are you gonna do <laughs> Oh, um, yes, so, but it, it is out as of today, right? January yep. 14th. As of today. Did, did you order your copy, Steve? I did. Yeah, good. I, I ordered mine right at midnight. <clears throat> and, of course, the really exciting thing for me, Steve, was that uh, I was there uh, at Yehuda's, and Brian came over and a couple other people kind of came over. It was like a traveling Star Wars party everywhere I went. Yeah. Um, which is, by the way, a great way to travel. And uh, he needed someone to take pictures of... The, the hands holding on to the figures at the front of the DVD. Huh. And Yehuda's kids, who were all over the movie, uh, weren't yeah. around. And so he just said, Django put on uh, this like green turtleneck, and those are his hands. Awesome. So I'm very excited. One, because, you know, obviously Django feels like he's famous now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's good. It's a. I can't wait to see the movie, what I've seen I've liked, and, it's, and from what I can tell, it's only gotten better since I saw right. it. And uh, also, I love Zoolander. <laughs> Zoolander is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and you know, David Duchovny's character, of course. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. I, I, I forgot like, about that. It's like J.P. Perlman or something like that. It's like, it's like I'm a hand model, a finger jockey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're in a different mold than the face and body boys. <laughs> Anyways, so I got to show that clip to Django. And I'm like, you're a finger jockey now, <laughs> Django. That's what I told him. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so uh, let's, let's, get, let's give him a call. All right. Don't know that. All right, Steve, I'm very excited to say we just got a hold of, uh, I guess, world-renowned documentarian uh, Brian Stillman. How's it going, Brian? Pretty good. Pretty good. I don't know. World-renowned sounds a little lofty. but Well, um, well you know, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're in the world, right? And uh, That's true. That's we true. renowned you. Steve, do you renowned Brian? 
I would say. I mean, I think a lot of people have been looking forward to this day for, for quite some time. Yeah, so, so today was the day, uh, it's the 14th as we're recording here, and it actually dropped. And, and Brian, you said that you were, you were probably going to send me one because, you know, my, my kid was the hand model on the front. But I couldn't is, stop is myself. This interview, is but, this interview simply so you can point out to people that, that your kid is the hand model for the, for the cover? <laughs> oh, no, no, I've already mentioned that like three or four times on the show, Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've already told them that my son is a finger jockey. Um, no, it's, it's to say that I bought one anyway because, like, I just got so excited about being able to buy it. Um, so h- how's, how's it been? How's the reaction been? Uh, so it's been about 23 hours now. It's been on sale. Has it been what you've been hoping? It's been beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. I mean, it sounds so cliche to say that, but it's true. I mean, I, I didn't entirely know what to expect. You know, I, I knew how many people were on our Facebook page, and I knew how many people contributed to the Kickstarter campaign, and I know how many people bugged me constantly to finish the thing. <laughs> but I didn't really know how that would actually translate into sales, and just the amount of people who stepped up to, to buy this thing, it's just amazing to me. You know, it's been really, really thrilling, and, and I'm really grateful to everybody. It's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, Steve, you bought one too, yes? I did, that's right. And that's that's pretty good, Brian. Because often Steve doesn't like jump right ahead. You know, he doesn't. He's not on the first wave of buying stuff for the hobby. Isn't that right? But that would have been to- that would have been totally <laughs> awkward if you were like, Steve, did you buy one? As you're talking to me, and he's like, No. Uh, so you know, I wouldn't have minded. I'd be cool with it, but you know, maybe so, he'd feel uncomfortable. So. <laughs> So, see, I think last time I talked to you, you were going off to do uh, an interview. I haven't had a chance to listen to the interview. What was the uh, hardest question to answer that someone else has asked you about the documentary? Um, the hardest question is always, um, there are two. One is, what's your favorite Star Wars toy? Everyone always asks. They think that just because I made this film that I'll somehow... Because nobody ever is able to answer that. I mean, a few focus collectors are able to kind of narrow it down to a character maybe, but very few seem to be really good at just picking their favorite. But everyone seems to think I'm going to be the exception to that rule, and I end up giving them like 14 different toys and, you know, <laughs> pick one. Um, so that's always a hard question. But the other really hard question that people ask me is, did I see anything that really surprised me, or did I learn anything that surprised me? And huh. the truth is surprise isn't quite the right word because I kind of know the story of these toys. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I learned things I didn't know before and there were a couple things that did surprise me that, you know, you didn't expect to be the reasoning behind something or whatever, but um, it's not like I walked in and, you know, Gus rips his face off and he's George Lucas. <laughs> like, that level of surprise. <laughs> right. Nothing quite like that. The real GL. We've been saying it here for years. Yeah. Right. I, and it's been right under our noses, and we haven't even noticed. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I was trying to think of, like, the kind of hackiest question uh, I could ask. Um, I, I guess I was sort of wondering, you know, what, what's hit the, the, the floor, the editing room floor? Because I know you've been editing like a fool to the point where, you know, I was going to see you a couple weeks ago, and, and you were too busy editing. And what do you wish you <laughs> could, like, find a way to, to shoehorn back in? into the final cut, if you could. Oh, that's, that's a tough question, because I don't, 
I don't want to admit, you know, that like the film is anything less than exactly what I want it to be. But <laughs> okay, how about this? Is, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 wait. But I can answer. No, no. But that's a fair question. I can rephrase the question. Imagine no, 20th no, no. Century Fox buys it, and then they're trying to re-release it and make some kind of cockamamie director's cut, even though you made the perfect movie. What scene would you be the least offended <laughs> of them inserting into your perfectly crafted masterpiece? <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I will, I will back up and say there are, of course, things that I cut that I wish I didn't have to because I thought they were really cool. Um, one of the things that did not make it into the film that I would have liked to have put in there, um, but it does not mean that it is gone forever, is, um, something on bootlegs. I did uh-huh. interviews with Joe Iglesias and uh, Stephen Weimer, and they're both great, great bootleg collectors. You know, they've got amazing, amazing stuff, and they really know the history of these toys, and they have a lot to say. And I found it didn't really fit with the narrative of these toys. I mean, when you're talking about the, Star, the history of Star Wars toys, the bootlegs are really fascinating, but they're not part of the reason these toys are so huge. They're not part of the reason people have these fond memories, with exceptions of the people who grew up with the bootlegs, of course. Right. Um, so I felt like it just didn't make a ton of sense, um, and the clock was ticking down, and I had to get this thing done, so I finally made the decision, you know what, rather than try and get it in there and rush it and have it not be good, uh, I'm just I'm going to cut it, and the movie sits really nicely as it is, but it's going to see life as a um, a little mini thing, like a mini documentary that I'll put out somewhere down the road, and we'll put it online. I actually was sort of joking with Joe that maybe I'll burn it to a DVD, send it to him, and he can videotape it off his TV and then bootleg it himself. <laughs> yeah, it's like super meta, right? So yeah. if we could, the only way to buy it is to find like one of those DVD guys out on the street in New York who like sell them out on the street corners, right? Right. And you can see yeah. like people's heads in front of you, like on the screen, because he was filming it in the movie theater. That's how uh, we'll release it. Maybe you know that, that but that, it will see life. It makes sense though because it's it's not. It's not really about creating the galaxy, right? It's more like – it's almost like after – it's like a result, not so much like the cause. So yeah. That's true. Yeah. And when, when I approached Joe and uh, Stephen, that was sort of the angle. You know, these really represent how popular the toy lines had become. The fact that, you know, these companies and countries that might not have the license or, you know, in countries where people couldn't afford the licensed toys, the demand was so high – they still bootlegged them. So I thought it was important to the story to, as a way to illustrate that point. Um, but, but that's sort of like secondary to a discussion of bootlegs. Like that's just part of it. Um, right. So I felt like better to do it right and that'll, that'll be out somewhere down the road. We'll put that out online. You're like definitely, I mean, I definitely don't want to piss off Joe, quite frankly. Anyone right. who's, who's met him <laughs> knows that it is in my best interest to make sure that that thing gets out there. Well, I tell you, we've been waiting for him to come back on the show for a while. So. Yeah, it's been been quite a while. But I, I got a title for you, Brian. You should call that part Plastic Galaxiny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, that is quite clever, so yes, maybe. Can, yeah. 
you know, we're more you, than just you finger jockeys. You yourself a quarter. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of the profits? No, a quarter. Uh, no. We're releasing it for free, so sure, you can have a quarter of those profits. Okay, 25% good. of free. Yeah, that that's like our, our archive point points that we, uh, exactly. we give away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how – this is kind of a, a selfish question, but a lot of us saw a, a cut of the movie in in Seattle. How how has it changed since then? So this question is really like screw all the people who did not get to see that. Yes. We're now going to talk about this film in a way that will have no context for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all about alienating people. Cool. See, right. We serve only the inner circle. All right. Only the of the pure center of the Ugnats Anus. You know, that's where we're going. The, you know? the creamy center. Yes. The, the the delicious candy center. Yes. Um. Okay. Well. All right. So it's it's pretty different. It's about thirty minutes longer for one thing, um, and a lot of what we screened in Seattle, um, we either, well, a lot of it sort of survived, but we cleaned it up and flushed it out a little bit more, um, put in more information or, or just added some animation to cover awkward bits or whatever. Um, but then a lot of it actually got rearranged and reordered and kind of recut a little bit to fit in with the flow of the movie, you know, in this more expanded format. Um, so some of that, I mean, depending on how good your memory is, I guess, yeah. some of that stuff is, will be noticeable. You'll say, oh, I don't remember it being like that. But I, I suspect um, most of it won't, people won't pick up on, because I probably don't even remember it at this point. Um, but it's, so the most significant difference is it's just longer. I mean, the Seattle cut was about 40 minutes, and uh, now we're at about 70. Right, 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I, I imagine you're talking to a lot of different distribution means, right? Like you're trying to figure out how to get it distributed online and maybe even television down the line. we figured all that out. Oh, yeah? We've got all that figured out. Yeah. That's good. Um, Right now, the film is being sold directly through our website. That's just for kind of the first wave because we realized there'd be some time involved from when the DVDs were manufactured um, to getting them to Amazon to set up an Amazon Amazon store and getting them to our brick-and-mortar distributor. Um, so we decided, okay, this first batch will just sell directly because we want to get it into people's hands as quickly as possible. Um, after that, because I'm going to be sick of mailing out <laughs> hundreds of DVDs, <laughs> yes. um, I'm already sick of it, um, <laughs> the, uh, we're going to switch the online sales to Amazon, so it'll be very easy, and in fact, you'll still be able to go to the website and click on the big button that we have, and it'll just redirect you to Amazon. Right. Um, and then brick and mortar we've got in place. I just spoke to our distributor today, and uh, he'll be getting a whole bunch of them, hopefully, into stores if the stores want them. So now, we've, we've pretty much got that covered. Now, could you do we're me a favor? Like that. Could, could I mean, you we're not a f- professional at all, but because what, what we really need, Brian, is the closest store to my house that will have the <laughs> DVD, so I could take my son and his friends to go see my son's hands in a store. So I don't care if it's Toronto. You know, I'll drive three hours to get there. But well, uh, look, here's, here's what you do. Okay. You find out what store is most likely to carry this DVD. Okay. And you tell me. Okay. And I will tell my distributor to contact that store and say, do you want to buy some of these DVDs? 
and you at the same time will go to the store and say, hey, man, do you have this DVD? Right. And that confluence of events from both sides will force him to buy some of these DVDs. Awesome. And then you'll have to take your son back and, you know, right. everyone's happy. And everyone, <laughs> tangible proof, he's a finger jockey. Wow, yeah. that, that's awesome. So, but uh, I'm serious. That is, I will say this. If, and for anyone listening to this, if you think there's a store near you that should carry it, whether it's a comic book store or a toy store, or I'd say video store, but they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any sort of place that might carry these things that doesn't have it that you think should, email me through the Plastic Galaxy website, plasticgalaxymovie.com, and um, let me know. And I'll tell my distributor and have him, you know, tell me where the store is, let me know where it is, and I'll have him contact them. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, he's got a pretty big network of stores, but, you know, I mean, who knows? And I think that's a really good idea, too, because part of why I'm so excited about the movie, um, you know, I, th- I think when we talked about it a couple of years ago, you know, I said I was so happy because it seemed like something... A years ago, that sounds so sad. <laughs> it's not sad. Hey, Brian, where do you hear the whole metaphor I came up with about waiting okay, for okay, your go movie? On. Go on, it's it's sorry, really go good. On. But uh, it's not really good. Steve, how good is my metaphor? On, uh, on a- it's, it's definitely a sky metaphor. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, as far as like requesting, you know, don't think like, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you're pr- you've probably already pre-ordered it or whatever, got it through the website, but sort of imagine if there was an equivalent of this for, I don't know, something you don't collect like G.I. Joe or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Just imagine that that existed. Like, where would you be? You know, would you take it down off the shelf to go, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know there's like a documentary about collecting G.I. Joe. You know, like, if you ever can think of a place where you would take that down and look at it, you know, try to get Brian's movie there because it it, yeah. it lends more credibility to our hobby. It, it makes our hobby bigger. And I think, you know, it has a real positive impact or a chance of a positive impact. Um, so, yeah, Brian, I, th- I think... kind of what I was hoping. I mean, my feeling was this is obviously for collectors, people who are into this stuff. I wanted them to enjoy it. But the hope is also that people who are like, Oh yeah, I have fond memories of Star Wars toys. Yeah, I'll pick this up and check it out. Like, you know, they're not collectors, they're not hardcore into it, but there's some nostalgia there. Um, and I think the, the hope is that by watching it, they'll get a better understanding for this hobby and they'll be like, okay, they might not start collecting, but they'll, they'll, sort of like you say, it, it reflects positively on the hobby as a whole. So they understand that it, there's something bigger than these toys. There's this community out there. Right. Um, whether this will have that effect. <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, I hope that it, it's more than just more than just telling you a little story about these toys. Like, I hope it has a little bit more impact. Yeah. I can sound just a wee bit pretentious. No, no. I, well, here, I'll, I'll help you sound more pretentious. I, I would ahead, say it's, it's going to have that impact. It's just a question of the magnitude of that impact. Like, hmm. there'll be at least, you know, a hundred people who see the movie who have that feeling but whether or not that could be 10,000 or more than that, depending, <laughs> you know, because, right, there's a chance that you'd get it on TV at some point too, right? Well, I'll be honest, it's not something we're pursuing. And right. part of the reason is, um, you know, I'm not going to go into all the reasons, but there are some reasons that we're not doing it. And it, it, when you do a documentary, when you do a journalistic sort of, Enterprise, the rules of fair use are are pretty broad. 
you can get away with a lot. Right. Um, not just anything. I mean, you do have to license other people's property and stuff like that. But when you're commenting on things, you're, you're allowed to show those things. Um, and then you just have to be very careful about what constitutes fair use. Lawyers for TV networks, movie studios, and things like that, even if they agree with you that technically it's fair use, they might err on the side of caution or safety and say, you know what, it is fair use, but we don't want to deal with it anyway. So there, I don't think there's anything in the movie that really crosses the line. Um, I was very careful about it. But right. at the same time, I, I suspect a lot of lawyers would say, you know what, we just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to risk it. We don't want to kind of go into that area. So we're just going to pass. Um, so because of that, you know, it would have to be really appealing to me um, to even bother kind of pursuing that. Because it's a lot of work to, to make those inroads. Right. And I don't know if it's necessary. But you never know. You, you never know. Right. Yeah, it's... Uh... Definitely the lawyer's general philosophy is we could do what's right or we could do what's, eh, let's not deal with it. <laughs> in general, well, the, they'll go... It's their job to play it safe. It's their yeah. job to play it safe. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, I guess it'd be too pri- personal of a question for me to ask, how soon are we going to get our copies, Steve, right? We can't ask that, right? <laughs> I'm uh, assuming they'll be here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I-, I was curious, too, about the, the special features on the DVD. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. In case someone hasn't clicked on the site, what beyond the feature, what, what else are you offering them? Uh, we have four DVD extras. It's about 40 minutes worth of extra material that we put on there. Uh, one is a small feature about micros, Kenner's micro line. Um, it's called Tiny Toys Giant Disaster, um, <laughs> which is a little melodramatic, I know, but I couldn't resist. Well, it's great because um, the, the micro fans are probably like, yes, they're covering the micro. <laughs> yes. No, totally wrecking it. <laughs> well, no. I mean, the thing is, the the feature actually is very celebratory of the line. Right. Um, it just acknowledges that for Kenner, I mean, look, the end of this, you know, the, the line lasted a year, you know, and they have like the little sign that says like RIP 1962 to 19, you know, 94. This says... Ripped 1982 to 1982. Right. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's really you can't call it anything but a disaster from a a product point of view. Um, however, as the little featurette points out, they're awesome. You know, and they're totally collectible today, and people think they're really cool. So that you know, we sat down with um, Rob Amante and and Josh Blake, and um, then also people who appear in the feature. You know, like. Uh, Chris Fawcett and Ron and Gus, and they talk about just, it's sort of a basic overview, just a little introduction to what is the micro line, what happened to it, but then also, uh, look at some unproduced stuff, you know, between Rob and Gus and Josh, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, so that's the little micro featurette. And then we did something on prototypes, which, you know, basically talks about why people collect prototypes, why they're out there, why they survived. But mostly it exists so we could show off all these cool prototypes that we had photos of and uh, video of. Um, and all the kind of narrative surrounding it was just because I was like, well, you know, we got to put something in there. But basically it's a reason to use your pause button. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah. check out all this cool stuff. I get the feeling I may wind up watching that before the feature. <laughs> you know, and that's fine. That's totally cool. It's, it, it's almost like porn. It's toy porn. Right. The, the plot that runs through it is there, and I suppose it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an arc, but it's really incidental to the visuals. Right. Like, you know, that's not probably why you're watching it. Um, you're watching it because all this cool stuff. So the, um, there's like a, a pizza boy who shows up with a hard copy. <laughs> is this your hard copy? <laughs> Here's your hard copy. Exactly. Uh, anyway, I hope this isn't a family show. Yeah, um, it's both. <laughs> uh, and then the two other features, we put the, uh, the video that we made for Celebration last year, Know Your Toy Lightsaber, we put that on um, because we had the space and we're quite proud of it. And we figured we might as well collect it all into one one place. And then the last thing was really just a thing we threw on there at the last second because I thought it was neat. Um, I'd asked Steve Sansweet how he got into, you know, collecting Star Wars toys. I mean, he's got the biggest collection in the world, and just where did that come from? And he had given me this kind of great five-minute answer, It was, and it had a perfect little beginning, middle, and end. And I thought, that's really cool. And I couldn't work it into the movie. I just, it just didn't make any sense within the context of the film. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it in the extras. And, <laughs> you know, I barely covered it with B-roll. I didn't, it's just him sort of telling this sort of neat little story that, A, is kind of cool. Because, like, oh, okay, now I know how Steve got into all these toys. Great. And, B, I thought there's actually kind of a little lesson in it for collecting in general, sort of a way to approach the idea of collecting and the thought process of collecting um, that is kind of a good little lesson. So it's on there. It's it's probably the roughest of all the extras. I really was like, okay, I got no juice left, but this thing has to make it on here. So I'm going to color correct it. Good enough. Go. Um, so those are the four extras, and uh, I think they're all pretty fun. And they're things that, you know, I wanted to originally put in the movie. didn't make a lot of sense. Or they were overflow. We just had so much stuff. Right. Um, but I didn't want them to, to vanish. So. Yeah, that, that seems like a really good selection because it seems yeah. like they're quick hits, but also maybe like the micro is kind of an invitation for someone who might have watched the rest of it, maybe if they aren't already into collecting, kind of seeing how collecting one area would go and prototype shows the further stuff. And yeah, and everyone's and heard not of, quick. You know, the, the prototype thing is nearly 20 minutes long. I mean, it's a lot of porn. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we had a lot of photos um, and people talking about it. So we were just like, let's just keep putting this stuff in so we run out. So right. it's... Um, hey, hey, it's a family show. Okay. Oh, I get it. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, right. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I am so, I'm, I'm the most excited I've been to see this movie, uh, you know, I am right now, and I, I, I don't know, Steve, do you think there's still someone listening who hasn't ordered it yet? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't actually do official commercials, Brian, so this is, uh. This is probably about as, cl- about as close as we get. I guess it's more of a plug than a commercial. Well, I appreciate it, man. I really do. Yeah. Um, and you're furthering your son's career. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, he's he's really on the right path now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. 
if you could have seen his smile today when he saw the picture, I showed it on the phone and he held it up and he had this grin on his face like he just won the Olympics or something. He's just like, I'm famous. You know, his sister was all like, is he famous now? Is he famous? I'm like, sort of. <laughs> when you're done, you'll make sure he is just telling everybody. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and, you know, it starts him on a good career path and it's a good way for you to ease your yourself into the pool of parental exploitation exactly. of their children. You know what I mean? Because um, you don't want to just dive in with like a major Hollywood motion picture. Because then what if you let an opportunity to work your child to the bone pass? What right. if you don't recognize a place where you could let them go without food or school or other necessities so you could further your own end? But this way you can kind of learn the ropes. Yep. Uh, in a more easy to control environment. So it's good. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just really push him to be a hand model just from now on. Just like drop out of school, <laughs> you know, go to hand pageants. And <laughs> That's where the money is. That's it where is. the money is. Oh, oh, awesome. Um, you know, my memory of our show is so bad. We did all the lightning round stuff with him last time, right, Steve? I believe we did, yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember we talked a lot about robot stuff and. I have sort of vague memories of, of everything, but uh, it's kind of kind of in a haze. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because it was so long ago. I, I, I did have fun <laughs> you talking about people who are who are giving you hell on Facebook about the bo- movie not being done yet. <laughs> well, I don't. You know what? Whatever. I. It's not. I. You know. I got nothing to say to that. You know what? People are excited about the movie, and uh, I'm glad they are. That's good, yeah. Well, that's that for my diplomatic answer. That's a very diplomatic answer. Because every once in a while, we'll get the, where the hell's the podcast? And I'll be like, one second, let me just, uh, when your payment comes in, I'll make sure to get it out to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what's great is, you know, with all the books that everyone's waiting for, you know, honestly, lose no time at all. No, yeah, this is... Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, I I don't know, Steve, if you have uh, other questions while you've been kind of sitting there uh, <laughs> listening. Oh, wait, 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 Steve, do you have anything <laughs> to contribute? Uh, see that that's the the penultimate question. I was going to ask you about the extras, but I think you, you covered it pretty well. <laughs> Say it again. To know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm uh, giving you the crickets, I guess. All right. <laughs> I mean, no, thanks, that means your that means your sky's conscience, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a really rough job to have, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it is. is but, yeah. I hope you get hazard pay for it. And it's better than being my subconscious. That's really the that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, Brian. Well, well, good good luck and happy sales, and uh, you know, everyone just go out and buy the movie and. It'll be it'll be fun to see you at the conventions and everything, and and you know know that you don't have this uh, this stress. Do you know it's the next thing that actually needs to be released, Brian? What it is my haircut video? Uh, <laughs> so you know, Brian. <laughs> that t- one's not my fault. I gave you the footage. Yeah, it is absolutely my fault. But uh, Brian, wasn't that for a charity? It was like, for how many charity. people are suffering because you're not raising money? I I know. So, you know, the Peter Mayhew cutting my hair, uh, it took a while to get the footage from Brian because it was like a, like a compatibility thing. And then I finally got it, and Lobart helped me convert it to something I could use. But uh, just seeing how nervous I was, I, I couldn't handle it with my ego just being where it is right now, which is not in a particularly good place. Uh, 2014, I'll do it. 
but uh, just seeing how nervous well, I was. Do you know? I mean, do you know any editors that you could just give it to, and like people who know how to use editing software who can just cut yeah. it for you? I know a couple people, that. and I hinted at it enough, and they didn't bite. I'd be like, "Geez, <laughs> if I actually I did that with Lobart, I'm like, I just have such a hard time watching myself." <laughs> but you know, he's he's pretty busy. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll confirm. It just turns out that I blink a lot when I get nervous, which well, uh, I guess everybody knows but me. But I don't know because I don't see myself from like, from the perspective of the person shooting it. I thought you looked fine, and okay. I think it was a, a pretty cool moment. And for for a Chewy collector, I feel like you need to, like, this is it. Yes. Really, you know? I mean, cut, having Chewbacca cut your hair is at least the second best thing that could happen, like, second only to you shaving Chewbacca. You yes, know what I mean? So, and since that's not likely to happen, yes. this is like, I mean, you collect, it's, I mean... It's true. It's true. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to do it. 2014. I'm going to get it out there. That's that's my goal. Because uh, if if you can make if you can get the movie out there, I can get uh, the movie that you filmed out there. This, this whole time you're saying, well, you know what? At least you know, as late as this might be, at least it's not Brian's movie. That's not out yet either. But once I get the movie out, <laughs> now you've lost like the right. final excuse. Right. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll maybe we'll talk to you again when that comes out. But uh, it'll, it'll, it'll it'll be great to see you at the at the next convention. I'm sure you'll still be taking pictures, but you won't have that sense of like uh, having to know everything no, and portray everything. Well, that's the best part. You know, my wife asked me a couple of days ago. She's like, you know, it was like Saturday or something. She's like, had to go out and do some stuff, and she said, "What are you doing today?" I said, "Oh, I need to go work on the." Oh wait, I don't. I'm done. <laughs> and it's it's totally weird to like go through my day and not have to think about working. I mean, I'm still thinking about the movie, of course, but not have to think about working on it. Right. And like is weird. It's just strange to have this kind of whole chunk of my brain free again. Yeah. And uh I look forward to not doing anything with that chunk of brain for as long as possible. Yeah. So. Awesome. Until you until you release plastic alexany. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you travel all over the world. Okay, right, I'll stop now. All right, cool, Brian. <laughs> well, uh, get back to watching right. your sales, and uh, we'll 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 talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, a lot man. for having me, guys. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Um. So let's kind of get into the news. I had kind of a, a bunch of different ways of thinking about this, Steve. Um, yeah. One thing I was thinking was, oh, I'm looking at the wrong notes. I'm like, wait. Oh, good. My outline. Ah, good. Um, <laughs> we do have outlines. Yes, we do have notes. outlines. We do. Yeah. yeah, we do have prep. I found it here. Um, was I had this idea, Steve, and I didn't run it by you, but did you see what I did on the forum? Um, I don't know if I know exactly what Okay, I just posted, to. hey, does anyone want to tell me what's happened over the last month on the forums? <laughs> because, Steve, let's just be honest, right? We put a ton of work into this show, and it is just about as much as we can think about vintage Star Wars collecting to do this show. You know, like, yeah, I don't have yeah. that much space in my brain or that much time in my schedule to, to think more beyond this show. You know, I've talked about it, you know, it's... Right. 14 hours pretty much every show and that's about as much time right. as I spent. So I realized I could spend all day like going through and looking at the most important things or I could just put it out there and say, hey, 
So, anyways, our, our tweeter duder, um, Trevor, who's who's back yep. in the swing of things. I think uh, having a baby maybe s- slowed him down a bit, um, which I'm certainly familiar with. Am I going to insult, yeah. insult everybody today, Steve? I think I am. Um, <laughs> so he he offered it. So uh, so why don't we? Do you think that's a good idea, Steve? What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that's great. Actually, it, it helps it helps me. That's for yeah, sure. and I think that some people who listen to this, certainly the the older guard, and we're totally going to get into this at some point. But because uh, a lot of there's been a lot of talk, there's always a lot of talk between the old guard and the new guard. And right, one of the right. things for the old guard, which I suppose we're a part of now, Steve. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess you you've been on the forums <laughs> for ten years, which is you know, uh, <laughs> what. 10 11 exactly yeah no, it's more than that i my official sign up date was 2001 but i could never get my account name changed so i created a new right, one right <laughs> right so i guess that yeah, makes us kind of old timers in a way and sort of. you know one of the things is that i think it's great that, that people ask questions it doesn't bother me at all that people ask the same questions over and over again it really doesn't matter um, it just it it makes you demotivated to go in and kind of see what's happening. Um, sure. But, you know, again, it's all so theoretical for me because I think if I didn't do the show, I'd probably be on there just a lot more. But, you know, the show right. tends to right. just, like, I just explain that. So anyways, um, <laughs> so how did he describe the – the? why don't we kind of go point by point according to our, our, our okay. tweeter duder, which we should – I guess we should okay. come up with another <clears throat> name for him. He's our tweeter duder and <clears throat> forum quorum. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that be under review for <laughs> a threader spreader. Uh. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? <laughs> it's on the right track, okay. maybe. Um, all right, so you just want to go yeah. through his uh, his list here, okay? So, well, obviously, the Toy Tony scandal is still a major topic of conversation. Um, there's been a couple good threads about how it's affecting people as a whole and how it's affecting their collecting habits. And I know, like, I don't think we talked about this ourselves last month, but I know that you had a few pieces that were involved, and I'm, I'm lucky that I, I never went down that path. But, uh, I mean, the whole our cumulative value being, like, over $30,000 is, is pretty staggering. And just for the nine uh, people that... Just, yeah, the nine people that, you know, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, you can add at least a grand on there for me, uh, if not more. Yeah, they never man. made a Palatoy B-Wing pilot? <laughs> no. They didn't? No. Are, are, you, are you serious? I'm pretty sure. No, it, it was, it's, I think it stops at uh, the, the Tri-Logo. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's funny. Um, yeah, and I, I like they had another post, too, about how has it affected your collecting. Um, right, right. The answer for me is none. <laughs> I don't think it's really. Yeah. I mean, I guess it continue. It continue. I think for England, it's tough because England's yeah. been the source of so many scams, um, and so it kind of takes another hit on its reputation on stuff that comes out of England. Um, sure. But you know what? Actually, there was an interesting <laughs> conversation. Uh, it was at Yehuda's house that, <laughs> in time, it may be that. Price stickers are going to be sought after as sort of right, yeah. indicators of authenticity. Though, of course, you can you can counterfeit a, a price sticker as well, um, which we'll yeah. actually be getting into in, in our next news uh, story. But yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was neat. And then uh, he said that a lot of talk about books, um, about whether or not the Saga Museum 
uh, is going to oh, be coming right. up by Todd yeah. DiMartino. Um, it's been, mm-hmm. I don't know, seven or years or something like that. Um, it's been a while, yeah. yeah. So whether or not it ever comes out, I hope it does. I'm not holding my breath. We'll see, I guess. And whether or not yeah. uh, Kellerman 2.0 will come out again. Um, that one, I mean, I think that Todd's book sounds great, but it sounds so ambitious that its applications yeah. may be somewhat yeah. limited. But the world really right. needs another Kellerman because they right. sell for 180 yeah, yeah. bucks. It, and if you don't have one, you should buy one for 180 <laughs> bucks. I mean, they're they're kind of that important. Yeah, and in terms of vintage collecting, you really, I mean, you can't really steer away from that 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 book. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Uh, and and there's also yeah a couple new books, right? Small niche books. Right. <laughs> Let's see. We got the uh, inspired the mini rig book uh, by Philip Reed, and I actually thought that's a really cool idea. Great idea, Steve. And I think we should. You know, if uh, if Philip is is up to talking about it, I mean, yeah, absolutely. he should, you know, contact us immediately because we will uh, we will we will promote it, and it's just great because mini rigs are are very important, and uh, we'll be talking about a unproduced mini rig later in the show, Steve. That's that's look at me doing all this teasing. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and then uh, EDD Jedi. Um, which it turns out his oh, name is, is Ed. I I just for some reason just thought that EDD probably stood for something else. Oh, it's pretty funny. Um, oh, that's so funny. I just always thought Ed with like an extra D. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, but funny. I just thought it was like an EDD Jedi, like an ATAT, you know? Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and he posted a run of, of Star Wars video games. And oh, that, man. That's, uh, you know, it's funny, Steve. I watch like... Uh, I think I've talked to you before that I watched the Angry Video Game Nerd like a lot. Like I think I've seen yeah, him every one yeah. of his things like two or three times. I think he's hilarious. And I've even started watching like his like the non-comedy reviews of games and stuff. Oh, and, dude, I don't okay. play video games. You know what I mean? Like, and you see, he still he still watches. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't. You know, so it's funny. I, I I guess there are people who listen to this show who don't actually collect vintage Star Wars toys. So it could be. I guess that that could be a thing. It could yeah. be like that. So I was like watching their review of every Atari game that ever had the word space or star in it, and huh. I have no interest in owning an Atari system again. Well, maybe to play River Raid, but uh, beyond that, <laughs> it's an amazing game. But you know, it's it was just like just watching them play video games. So uh, it was a funny thing. That's- but yeah. yeah, man, I, I think we've talked about this before. Those Super Nintendo trilogy games like ate away hours, years of my life, yep. probably as a as a teenager and, and younger. Man, it was oh, those things are yeah, awesome. That, that was yeah, we had definitely <clears throat> talked about it because that was unquestionably the thing that got me back into Star Wars. That was it. That yeah. like, there was yeah. that not Thrawn, not uh, Dark Empire, not Bendems. Um, it really was that, and I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is awesome!" Uh, although, definitely, just thinking about that whole first scene where you're just running around, just killing so many Jawas. <laughs> you know what? What's great about those games? They're just pure destruction yeah. the whole time. Like you just run around with an endless supply of ammunition, shooting constantly. Yeah. Hey, do you shoot Ugnots? <laughs> you must shoot Ugnots. You know what, man? That's a good. I think you must in Empire. There has to be like. One of the like best spin levels where you you have to blast some nuts. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't have to go like go play it again. Yeah, you know. I think I saw the old. I got the old cheat codes. I can just skip to that part <laughs> Sweet. of the game. All right, well, get get back to it. Uh, 
next month. I think next month is, is Dengar, yeah. uh, old head, Headwind yes. Harry. So maybe see if uh, if he's Headwind in there. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then uh, what did Ross see? Uh, he sort of is he, he refreshed an old thread with what, Steve? Oh, man. So Ross, it's funny, like, when Martin was talking about having a true Yoda collector on last month, we should, have, we should have had Ross. Like, I don't know why. It just didn't connect for me. But Ross has an insane Yoda collection. Um, and he posted some stuff, like, a little over a year ago, um, some cool Top Toys stuff, hard copies and molds for, for Play-Doh and stuff. But what he posted just recently was uh, a hard copy for the Dagobah playset tree stump. Yeah. And, and also, what was it, a... Uh, a Spanish Yoda. Yeah, yeah, um, that was man. Uh, yeah. Two just then, like yep. gems. Oh my god! Yeah, so that's a, a really yeah. cool. Uh, I, okay, so once again, I don't know if I actually did email him. I meant to email him to say that basically at some point we're going to have the everybody we were supposed to interview but didn't show. So that'll have Alex from okay. FX Seven. Yeah. It'll have a couple of the of the Yoda guys. Um, yeah, just. You know, because the show is monthly and it always you know jumps up and surprises me every month. Um, but you know, definitely. <laughs> hey, but, hey, man, it's it's only January fourteenth. You're you're ahead of the game. It's right true. Now. Yeah, well, it's because my school starts at the end of the month, and I'm you know yeah I got the yeah. kids in bed. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's great. I, I love these two limelights um, because I mean the the Star Wars one is just that's one where you just instantly think, oh my god, I have to start collecting these two. You know, like when yeah. you see his lineup yeah. of six different Super Star Wars for Super oh, Nintendo, yeah. and yeah. you're just like, "Wait, yeah. what's the difference?" Oh, I see. Ooh, the JVC's over there. Oh, the JVC's down there. <gasps> okay, I got, yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta it figure just, this out. It opens opens up the floodgates. Whereas Ross's is like, "Wow, that is perfect." Like, just you you can see the work, the dedication, the time. It's it's nothing like kind of like new. It's like if I were a Yoda collector. I would be really happy to be him with those pieces. Um, yeah, and you can see yeah. a really good close-up of the of the Emily, the name. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's Chris Jugglius right. talked about that a couple months ago or something. Yeah, I don't know, Steve. We got to think about what we're going to do for our fiftieth show too, because that's true. It's Forty-eight. Apparently, we got some feedback. Uh, are we going to talk about that later? Where. There was like we made direct reference to Toy Tony in an early episode. Yes, you have you uh, have you listened to that? What do you think, Steve? Oh my God, it is. I, I, I have not I listened, listened to it. it. What, what, what do we say? <laughs> you just have to, you know, when you get there, you just need to go back and find it because okay, it is it's, it's hilarious. Episode? It's episode fourteen, and it's at like one hour and eleven minutes in, and it's during the market watch, and it it just. I couldn't. I was just shaking my head listening okay, to it. Maybe I'll. Uh, you know what I'll do, Steve? I will somehow manage to find a way to insert that into the show. Right. That would be good. Now. All right. Okay. So for some reason, like every single time I tried to uh, download that and put it onto the show, it just crashed my computer. So I guess someone does not want you listening to Kivecast number fourteen, Cinnabon Leia. But you can go back and listen if you want to hear me give a long, unofficial advertisement for Toy Tony. Uh, it kind of shows the innocence of the time. Back to Steve. Um, that's right. It was a Christian who goes by uh, Bobby Bob's on Rose. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh right, and he's got that the the name that's L A L O M. Yes. 
Yeah, that's my that's my soccer team, Steve. Hell, <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah, it's the Mar- the Marseille soccer team. Yeah. All right. Which, uh, anyways, I could talk about the Marseille soccer team at, at length, but uh, I won't. <laughs> want to get? Don't uh, want to get? get yeah. <laughs> don't want to get third. <laughs> um, boy, it's like we're in the feedback section now. I know. <laughs> um, so uh, somehow we're we're still not even through. Uh, the uh, the 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 dreader threaders. Uh, no, it's got to be the 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 tweeter duders forum review. That, that's just a great great name for it. Yeah. Um, also, that uh, AFA mania has hit a new high oh, or a new low. Oh jeez. An eBay seller selling a U ninety five vehicle maintenance energizer. I uh, I just laughed out loud when I opened up the picture. <laughs> it's like insane. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's it's surreal. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you look at it, and it's like I don't know, art. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only way I can describe. We've ventured it. off into the realm of abstraction when it comes to yeah. to grading. Because <laughs> could you imagine trying to explain to somebody like what is this hunk of plastic and stickers? Uh, you remember the vehicle maintenance energizer? What? <laughs> Do you? Uh, Anyways, it was this toy, but this one was never played with. But you had the box, yeah. right? Isn't that where it's worth all the money? No, but I took it out of the box. Well, I didn't take it out of the box. These these guys took it out of the box, and they. I'm just thinking. Anyways, like, yeah, like it looks like it should be in the British Museum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 beautiful, and the great thing is, like, I have a a pretty good vehicle maintenance energizer you d- collection. You do, yeah, and uh, and I. I I would have to sell every single item in order to buy this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's neat. I I like the thread about it because it kind of gets up in arms, but yeah, as it usually know, does. There, yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of sealed Return of the Jedi vehicle maintenance energizers out there. So, in the event that you like U graded stuff, don't buy it. You know, you can just. Make one yourself because you can buy a sealed C10 vehicle <laughs> maintenance energizer for like thirty bucks. At least I could at one point. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so thank you, uh, Trevor Duder, for your uh, your review of the forums. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be a regular feature or not. So, you know, we used to do that for Imperial Gunnery, but maybe things died down there a bit. Or uh, I'm not sure. I think it's it's more <laughs> due to our, our general lack of connectivity with with the forums in general. Right, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. so detached. So this this is helpful for me for sure. Yeah. So that's pretty much an open call. Anyone who wants to say, anyone who ever listens to the show and goes, "How could they not have talked about this?" You know, cavcast at gmail dot com. So uh, this isn't quite a story time, Steve, but <laughs> it's speaking of back of when I – before the wonderful times, before the Kivecast, yes. back when I used to spend – I mean, dude, I spent like all my time on RebelScom. That was like all I did. That was like my number one website yep. all the time, yep. just scouring the forums. It's funny. I kind of miss those days in a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's much – you know. It's changed, so I'm happy to do the show. But that was that was a really fun time. Yeah. Um, and there was this one time <laughs> where this person claimed to make a find. Yes. 
I think that we have talked about this before. We, we may have mentioned it in an early episode, and it was killing me. Last night, I was trying to find the original thread. I remembered what you're going to show perfectly, and I remember the story, but I could not find the thread. So I may need a little bit of additional background to really get me up to speed. Okay, well, well basically, it was just some guy said, I found vintage figures on on the pegs. Right. You know, like I was able to find some and his whole story was that he was like at like a burger place or like getting gas. See, I remember like a gas station being involved. But I don't know if yeah. that's true or not. <laughs> I think that, that might be a different story. Okay. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure this was uh, – he made the claim. Um, yeah, I think he made the claim that it was at a, at a burger place. Okay. Um, yeah, delicious is what he said. Delicious hamburgers, which I think is in New Hampshire somewhere. And so the reason that it's so funny is it was two Ugnots. Right. So he claimed that he bought two Ugnots off the pegs at a burger place. At like original and retail price. <laughs> original retail price of $2 a piece. Yeah. But the reason that it's so funny is that he, he doctored his receipt for the burgers <laughs> And he listed it as ESB Ugnot and Trilogo Ugnot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so someone would know what a Trilogo is, would also sell it for two bucks. Oh, that's... So I will include a link. I used to be really into the site You're the Man Now Dog. Yeah. And I made a You're the now, Man Now Dog um, <laughs> for this just because I just find it so funny. Yeah. And the name of the thread was I almost couldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> it maybe that's B B E L I V E, and uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's some of my favorite Ugnot memories. Yeah, no, that that is a uh, classic. I, I can just imagine that being like a short animated film of this guy telling yeah. his story and running into those Ugnots. Oh. It's just sometimes too much detail is what is what is what betrays that you're a fraud. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, ESB Ugnot two dollars. Trilogo Ugnot two dollars. Because you know if you did, it would just say like toy, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, let's see. What does this mean in the notes, Steve? What is going on with the card back? <laughs> I, what, what I assumed I mean by that? that you were having some issues with uh, discerning what exactly is occurring on the Ugnat card back. Um, is that on the right path there? That sounds right. You know what it was? I think I saw the original photo art somewhere. Oh, okay. All right. And did you know that Ugnat is hanging? Is he, like, repelling? Yeah, he's, like, repelling. If you look at the actual photo I art... See, I don't know if um, I've actually seen the original photo art for him. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, well, imagine if I look up photo art Ugnot and if it comes up, okay. that would just be so... Oh, wouldn't crazy. that be nice? I did, it did, it was the first thing that showed up. Um, yeah, it, he's like, his legs are tucked under that weird thing. Okay, you're going to look it up now yep. too? <laughs> yeah, it's on uh, Star Wars Proof Cards, you know, a pretty good site. Um, yeah, so oh, there like, it is, his okay. Little, he's, like, he's like hanging off, oh, his little legs yeah. are underneath. Oh yeah, he's totally like... Is that like the, the freeze chamber and he's like repelling down the side or something? It seems it. Just there's something about those lines, which um, I, I don't know how well you know uh, the Guggenheim Museum <laughs> in New York. I haven't been there. But it's it's got kind of like kind of like a Godzilla thing. Okay. Where like, you know, Godzilla climbs up the Empire State Building. Well if you can kind of imagine like the Ugnot like climbing up the side of the Guggenheim. <laughs> 
And it's actually, and I got to admit, I just came up with this right now, but I'm falling in love with it. I, that's what I think it is. That's how I now see the card back. Okay. He's like this giant, because there's like the three lines are just bursting out. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's almost like a overly dynamic. Because, you know, you think about the rest of the of the Bespin art. It's true. And it's, you know, Lando's standing there. The guards just stand there. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, at least, Luke was just walking there. Right. The cloud car pilot, forget it. I mean, you can't <laughs> even see him. Um, but here you have, you know, this Ugnaught. And he's, like, hanging off the side. And he's, you know, he's got his weird uh, Ben Franklin hair. Yep. Yeah. It's very dynamic. Um, I, you're right. Man. Yeah, like, shoots out at you. Wow. I'm... I'm starting to love the Ugnaught. I can't so wait to get to the effort for the Ugnaught. This is great. Yeah, when, whenever we get to the the market watch, I'll be excited to see how much I can start my Ugg focus. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. And I guess another bit of news, Steve. You're uh, you know you're about thirty five years younger than me, so you, you probably <laughs> you probably know about Key and Peele. Do you watch Key and Peele? I don't actively watch them. I know I've, I've seen their show on every now and then, um, so I knew who they were, and, and I'd, I'd seen some skits or skits. Uh, that they've done, but this is pretty funny. What, what you uh, sent me? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is not their best sketch. I mean, I have to say, the other day, I, I watched Key and Peele nonstop for like I don't know, two hours, and at least for my money, and by my money, I mean watching it free on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it is way like they are way funnier than any other sketch show that's out there now. Yeah, I mean. They had this one sketch called Continental Breakfast where the guy, like, gets super excited about eating Continental Breakfast. <laughs> and it is so funny. Because, like, their stuff is really funny, like, on its own. And then their race stuff is really funny. Yeah. And it's really smart. And I, I don't know. It is just a great show. Um, actually, it's my cousins who... Uh, my nephews, I mean, who got me into it because I actually like dubstep music. I have... I liked it before it was lame. Um, <laughs> and actually, I still do. But uh, they have a whole sketch about listening to dubstep music, and it is s- completely dead on. Like, it is so funny. So that's how I got into it. But there's this whole sketch where this guy who works uh, at, um, he like works at Cloud City. on Cloud yeah, City, yeah. like comes up and, and tries to get a hold of, uh, of Lando. <laughs> so I, I think we'll just sort of play the whole thing because okay. it stands on its own. Yeah. So just imagine that it's Lando trying to walk and this other guy who works there basically starts talking to him and wants to get his attention. And Lando's always trying to kind of get away. Um, and uh, all right, so we'll listen to that too. Lando, what? Oh, snap. Yo, Lando. Yo, Lando Calarissian. Oh, hi. Yeah, that's me. Dude, Lando! Yo! Yo, you straight up running Cloud City right now, dog! That's you, man! You out there just... Swoosh! Well, you know, I, I do my best. Zeef, man. Zeef how do? Big fan, big fan. Well, Zeef, it's nice a real you. nice to make your acquaintance. Straight up, dog. Straight up, man. You an okay. inspiration to all of us, man. You the reason I'm out here in Cloud City, dog, man. I ain't joking, That's man. Nice. But yo, ideally, though... Yeah. Ideally, on an ideal situation, I would be doing like what you're doing. I'll be up there, like in the high chambers of Cloud City, dog. Well, Zeef, it's nice to meet you. Yo, right on, man. Because they got me in the carbonite room right now, son. That's bullshit, right? They got me working with some pig dudes and whatnot. Yo, I ain't no pig, you know? And you ever notice, man? There ain't a lot of brothers out here, man, in space. 
right? It's like they're trying to keep us down, man. You know, I, I don't think that it's the policy. I just think it's really, really difficult to get to this level. You've got to understand the politics of the empire, and at the same time, all the motivations of the rebel all alliance. That, man, all that, all You've that, got... all that, all that, all that, all that. But ideally, though, man, ideally, what I'm talking about is like me and you. We should like do something together, though, man. Because if you think about it, yo, when I was younger, man, I used to fly those land speeders all the time. My friends was like, man, you should be piloting one of the X-wings, right? And so that's like disappointing, man. Because I got here and they just had me like cleaning up the R2 units after the X-wings come in. Zeef, I gotta go. You should probably, oh, man. I'm saying, man, how do we contact one another? Because that's the most important thing that we contact one another. But yo, look, man. Ideally, though, ideally, though, I would get to fly somehow like the Millennium Falcon. Like that would be cool. And yo, let me get you my like my my con I got my card in here somewhere. Man, I'm just trying to find this pocket right here. Sometimes these suits they don't got no. Oh, you know what, Zeef? Just give your information to Lobot here, and we'll be in touch. Lobot, man, I see how it is. I gotta talk to your mandroid right now, man. F you little white ass hair. Why you wearing a cake though? Huh? Where you going? The Ice Planet Hawk? Outrageous. And the, uh, there's no real reason to play that, Steve, except that he said, you know, the pig dudes, which... Yeah, <laughs> the pig dudes reference just... <laughs> Am I a pig? Am I a walrus? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy, Steve. You see what's next on the outline? I do. Oh, man. It's a long discussion of body parts. <laughs> yes. Steve, when an Ugnaught loves another Ugnaught very much. Um, <laughs> so this is kind of a theoretical discussion, Steve. Okay. Um, so I got to basically spend two weekends with two different collectors, uh, with Yehuda and Ron Salvatore. Right. Um, uh, Yehuda doesn't have a sound effect yet. Um, Ooh, maybe I could get like an It's Alive sound effect. That'd be that would cool. be perfect, actually, yeah. Um, anyways, so I was trying to figure out how to frame this conversation. But essentially, the conversations were very different. So Yehuda collects body parts, right? right. Like he's really into 3D pre-production materials, um, particularly into hard copies and particularly into first shots. Right. So... Um, I kind of got into this whole idea because he has a hard copy Ugnot head. Okay. Um, so just to give everyone kind of a, a taste of, of what it was like, uh, why don't we uh, step in with uh, Yehuda talking about his Ugnot head? Okay. Okay, so I'm in uh, Yehuda's uh, Chamber of Horrors, as I call his collection. It's got all these like prototype body parts, which is what he collects. And uh, we've just taken a look at the Ugnot piece, which may be our, our nugget from the archive. I guess it may not be on the archives. It could just be a nugget from Yehuda's weird collection. And I don't know anything about this kind of uh, 3D stuff. So explain, what is this weird yellow Ugnot head, Yehuda? I have here is a prototype. It's um, made out of a urethane. And um, it's not the typical stuff. It's not made out of Carbolon or made out of Dynacast. And I think the substance is CA-199 or something that sounds like that. That sounds like really space, <laughs> space CA-199. <laughs> well, this particular one has great detail on it, but on the bottom of the Ugnot head, you can see there's a bubble defect. And so this one wasn't actually used to make any of the molds or any of the testing, and somehow it managed to survive. And um, I So, so it's, a, it's a hard copy head then? Hard copy head. 
And I didn't, I think it might be on the archive. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know the, um, there's a body made out of Carbolon for an Ugnaught on the uh, archive. And I'm not sure of any other hard copy pieces for the Ugnaught. There might be something else out there that I'm not aware of. But it would be nice one day to put this head together with the body. Right. And that's sort of your, your idea. I think maybe for this show, while I'm kind of thinking here, we'll try to do more about body parts sure. and, and putting together all kinds of hard copy body parts. So have you successfully put together any body parts in your, in your chamber of horrors? Yes, but none of them that were ever meant to be with each other. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my, cause they're so hard to come by and there are so few things out there. My, my always, my, my outlook on it is like, you know, these weren't always meant to be finished production pieces and there were things that were currently being worked on. So if something came up and it was a figure that I liked and I recognized the sculpt and it was just a piece, I was always interested in getting it. And so when you look at the collection lined up, it, it just looks like a massacre. You know, you see arms, which is like very appropriate for Star Wars, you know, like disembodied limbs and everything all over the place. But And, uh, and also, what, what is your profession? Uh, an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome, Yuta. Well, that's, uh, thank you for showing us. I guess that's probably has to be one of the most valuable Ugnaught pieces in the world, right? Well, it's certainly my collection is the most valuable Ugnaught piece. <laughs> <laughs> so there he is kind of describing the head. And, and while I was there, you know, I, I've always teased him and called his collection the Chamber of Horrors. Um, <laughs> but then later, you know, I was talking about this with Ron. And Ron was sort of like, oh, he's one of those guys, huh? And Ron was sort of expressing, like, not really understanding how people could get into, like, owning a torso or mm -hmm. owning a head or a leg or an arm. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I, it, was, it was fun to talk to him about that because I, I think that's a real kind of, um, just kind of a, a division where, you know, he was actually there. So when you hear the stories of people who are able to go in and go to Cincinnati and make all the finds, that, you know, obviously, if you had your pick of the litter and you're there with, you know, Christian Oglouis doing the, the, the bulldozer <laughs> move, you know, that whole thing. I don't know. It's just, it's, it made me like 3D a lot more. Okay. Talking to Yehuda, because I, I like the idea that, you know, for the most part, getting a full hard copy is nearly impossible, right? Yeah. Because you yeah. basically have to have been one of the guys or have something to trade them or, or whatever it is. Um, but for some reason, I, I, I really started to love just the idea of the body parts because yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you're never going to get photo art now. I mean, you might get photo art if you put out a lot of money, but in general, right. people aren't, aren't going for it. And you might get a chromalin, but the prices are going up. But it's pretty realistic you'd get a proof. You know, like there's, there's always something. And I guess what's really happened is that the, the lower level of any kind of prototypes has just gone shooting up. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's something that's interesting for me because when I started, you know, doing it really seriously 10 years ago, I was buying as many proofs as I could and I didn't quite realize that part of the reason there were so many proofs out there was people had given up on the 3D stuff and they'd given up on their hard copies. And anyways, uh, is, is this talk interesting, Steve? What do you think? No, about no, no. It's, it's absolutely interesting. Cause, um, I mean, I was of the same school. I mean, I technically still am as you, I mean, I don't have a ton of 3D pre-production pieces, but mainly, mainly what I have are parts. And, uh, it's funny when I, had like parts for the other lines i would have stuff for for empire figures and when i decided to kind of focus more on jedi uh, a lot of my stuff ended up going to yehudas because i figured this was, it was the right home for it and right. uh yeah 
and it all worked out fine. So I, I think it's 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 just a way of going about it, and I'm I'm still of that school if, if it's the right character, I guess. Right. So yeah, I just I, I thought that was that was neat. And it was fun to talk to Ron too because you know it'd be like, well, I mean, <clears throat> I get it, but. Uh, it's not their fault that you're not selling all your stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and uh, and it wound up getting kind of wacky with with Yehuda. So, <laughs> what, what you're going to see is that uh, I just sort of was looking at him, and uh, if you kind of heard the the, the end of um, sort of after the the. The Ugnot, we should have talked about other items in his collection. So we'll, we'll jump in and hear that now. And, and also, I just I thought it'd be fun to talk about this this little red thing here. I'll put a picture up of that. What is that red thing? That is a rocket from a rocket firing fed, and that goes along with my collection of almost greatness. So <laughs> I, you know, I a rocket fed, yeah, fifteen thousand dollars or something insane. But you know, at least I could have the, the rocket. And uh, you know, I thank Chris Fawcett for it who had this find of rockets that he made with Gus Lopez. Rockets? And you were talking about Dengar's arms? Oh, yeah, and I have, I have Dengar arms and Luke Bespin legs and uh, Emperor head and, you know, Hand Bespin head. And, yeah, it just it looks absolutely gruesome. I'm sure there's a good way to present this. I have to speak to anybody in the hobby who actually is better at presentation than I am. Well, I, I love it because, I mean, we don't actually care about the figure. We care about the rocket. So you have the actual rocket and you have the Providence. Um, so I think that's, that's one of my favorite items in your collection just because it is just the essential of a rocket-firing FET. The only thing that really makes it a rocket-firing FET is the rocket that you can remove. So the fact that you don't have it uh, somewhere out there, uh, you know, there's someone without a rocket and you've got one. So awesome. Cool. I'll take a, take a picture of this and people can kind of oogle and ogle at your weird... Uh, I, I, we'll have to come up with something better than Chamber of Horrors, but it's, uh, it's appropriate. <laughs> at least for this one shelf, it works pretty well. You have a much better, uh, more flushed-out collection than I thought. Okay, thank you very much, Yoda. Oh, my God. And then Steve, it got a little bit wackier than that. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it, I just thought this would be great to see your collection as just a pile of body parts. <laughs> so most of what he had done was, you know, he had, you know, Luke Bespin hard copy <clears throat> legs, and then he put it on, I don't know, a, a production torso or first shot head. I don't know what, all these kinds of mix yeah. up. But I'm like, right. what if you just took the real stuff and just put it in a pile? So if you look at your show notes or if you look at your smartphones, you'll see this great pile of bones. Yeah. But, but then I thought, you know, let's really play up this whole idea of, uh, as I call him, uh, Dr. Frankenkleinman, because uh, his <laughs> last name is Kleinman and, you know, Frankenstein, it rhymes, to actually make these kinds of Frankenstein creations. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hear uh, how we were able to come up with one of them with Yehuda. So I think we're going to keep going with this body part theme for uh, episode 48, right? 48, yeah. So Yehuda, we've been looking at your collection, and we've seen how you've taken pre-production body parts and attached it to production pieces to make a full, complete uh, like figure that's kind of mixed up. And I sort of had this idea, what if you mixed only the pre-production parts together and kind of like you are the sort of weird Frankenstein in your chamber of horrors. So describe what this one is that we just made or you just made. Well, you know, this has totally changed the flavor of my collection. And uh, <laughs> so this is, this is something that shouldn't be, is what it is. This is a Lobot torso, uh, an emperor for a shot head, 
Um, right, and so it's it's a Lobot first shot torso. Yeah, yeah Lobot first shot torso with a hand painted belt, um, a first shot emperor head, hand bespin first shot arms, and Tig from legs. And uh, first shot legs, first shot legs. So, th- so this is a first shot Frankenstein monster. Yes, I'm. I'm going to put it on eBay tonight <laughs> to see what we get for it. <laughs> well, we were talking about values of your collection, and I, I honestly don't know what this would all theoretically be worth. I mean. Um, I guess you probably wouldn't even want to talk about it on the show, but I'll let people kind of think about that. Maybe they can send in their opinions, kivecast oh, at gmail.com. It's millions. I mean, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> this is priceless, you know? Um, yeah, no, I, I, a lot of people would be giving up most of their collection for this. And So we got, we got Emperor Tig from Lobot Han Bespin. Yes. All right. Cover at least three movies. So I'm gonna have to work. Yeah, and and the TV show. I'm gonna have TV to show. have to work on the name. Like uh, Lo Lo from. He's clearly evil. Whatever he is. He yeah, is. yeah. Well, he's got the emperor head, so that makes him evil. I think. Uh, I think we're gonna see if we can make more of these. <laughs> I have seen the picture. I'm really curious to see the uh, the creative process that you guys went through. So I'm, I'm I'll be listening for that. Really, not much of a creative process. It was just like you know, <laughs> let's just start jamming him together because most of the hard copies all have the pegs, you know, in them. And yeah, so yeah. He's 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 a pretty handy guy, you know, being a surgeon. Um, no pun intended, although I'll, I'll take it. Um, my only real contribution was he had all these architecture magazines around. So uh-huh. I put, that's your backdrop. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I made this backdrop, so you'll see the emp- I see. Even looking at it now, I forget which pieces are what. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he was saying that he may keep it displayed like that. I I don't know. To me, I think that just displays really well. That's um, modern art, right there. <laughs> yeah, it's modern art, and it's it's. I don't know. It got me excited about about the production process. You know, I yeah. mean, I guess that's been a sort of recurring theme for the people who come in and listen to these shows all throughout. I'd be interested to hear how often it is me talking about not understanding the three D process. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember I was looking at something in Ron's collection, um, and I believe his line was, "Come on, podcast man, you're supposed to know that." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it's a proto mold. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and then we actually made another one that we didn't talk about. And so, Steve, I'm getting ready to send this to you. Okay. Part of the idea is it's a challenge. Can you name all of the pieces? Ah, and, and right. what they are now. Of course, I can. I can't even come close because you know my trademark is stupidity. <laughs> Your trademark is stupidity. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to see if you know uh, what they all are. So I'm okay. going to send it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, this is awesome! <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, so what can, what can you name from all of these pieces? Okay. And this is a game you're going to be playing at home, too. We're not going to give you the full answer. This is going to be, you can send it in, kivecast at gmail.com, if you think you can name all the pieces right. of uh, Frankenkleinman's second monster. <laughs> this is the bride right. of Frankenkleinman. Uh, okay, I got that. Um, all right, so I'm going to guess that that torso, is it uh, Tig from? I have no idea. You don't know? Okay. Uh, and the head is that uh, Ewok character. I think it's... God, what is his name? Bondo, I think. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the legs look to be Luke Bespin. 
And if if I think I know those arms because I used to have those. I think those were Dengar arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Dengar arms. Wow. I, I think so. That. Yeah. Um, and then the lightsaber is, I guess. I mean, it's one of those lightsabers. I don't know. Yeah, I th- I mean, it's a yellow one, but it could be. I guess if it was intended for something else, I guess the color doesn't truly matter. But yeah. Anyway, right. that I, I got the the body parts okay. This uh, full story in the lightsaber. I don't know. All right. Well, good. So that's sort of our, our call. Send in your pictures. Make your own Frankenkleinman monster. Uh, kind of have fun with these things. Yeah. And and I just it all kind of started with the fact that this Ugnot head is apparently one of only two 3D pieces known. There's also an Ugnot torso out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. I I was trying to find stuff for Ugnot, and I remember thinking, man, there's really in terms of 3D stuff, there's not much out there. So it's, it's uh, basically how I learned to stop worrying and and love the love the hard copy. Good. So, good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been. Uh, I'm, I'm finally getting there. I mean, not that it'll do me any good you know, <clears throat> with with my focus, but. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Gus, your uh, is your wax sculpt. Like, you worried about it, like melting in the rain or something? I, I don't know what. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so that, that's uh, that's kind of my. Uh, my talk it was a little bit less grandiose than I thought it would be. I guess after the, the epic poem, pretty much everything else is downhill. So, uh, Steve, you want to get to the vocab? Yeah. Let them folks change Vintage. Phew. Well, Steve, after being in the scary world of 3D pre-production, where I feel <laughs> completely out of my element, uh, <laughs> I'm very happy with the vocab that you chose, Steve. What, okay. what did you choose for us? So what we've got here uh, is a 41-back Ugnot carded quality control sample, or QC sample. Um, and... What's neat about these, I mean, for the most part, they are just production figures, but they <clears throat> are sent back to Kenner to kind of just make sure that things are going according to plan, so to speak, um, in terms of just basic quality of, of the final product. And it's it's cool because there are so many different ways that they can appear in terms of the sign-off. Like, you have some really elaborate stickers that have all sorts of information on them. Other times, it looks like the, the QC person just essentially autographed the card and dated uh, yep or and dated yeah and uh so it's just it's like a a stepping stone i guess they're not really pre-production but they're they're definitely or not prototypes but they're definitely unique yeah i i mean these i love these pieces and yeah. i actually think they're undervalued um because there's just not that many out there, right? I mean, I'm I'm very lucky to have I got uh, a 41 back uh, Chewy one. I think same, signed by the same guy. Okay. And uh, you know, it's oh. it, it's not exactly pre-production, but at the same time, it's I mean, it is before. What's I mean? Before before production, but it's a part of the production process. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it tells a story. Right. Right, that's that's the thing. They they tell a story, and what's cool is like I, I used to have uh, an ATSC driver that had those index cards on them, and it said some comment like aesthetic okay, or you know, there's just interesting little <laughs> tidbits that you can pick up, right. which uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're fun, and and they're you know there are some out there, but they're not you know common by any means. 
Right, and it was it was fun because oh, actually too, Steve, I mentioned to Ron. I think he may be down. He he he's considering doing a nearly monthly segment of story oh. time with Ron. So okay, hey, um, that's I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, because he, <clears throat> he has some pretty amazing QC stuff in his collection. Oh, awesome. Um, which I don't know if he's comfortable with me talking about, so I'll just say he has amazing QC stuff in his collection. And he yeah. was telling me how at the time, like, he would actually have serious conversations about whether or not to take the stickers off just uh-huh. because, you know, they were in good condition otherwise. Right. And, you know, why not? And just to kind of give you an idea of how far the hobby has gone, that these are fairly sought after. And I predict that there will be a point in the next couple of years of us doing the show where I go, see, I told you those are going to spike in value. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think they'll start to sell for proof prices. Yeah, no, I can see that happening. Um, I mean, back when I was getting these and proof cards at the same time, I remember there were a couple that were about the same, um, which is interesting, and then others were, were quite different. But, yeah, I, I can see that happening. I mean... I'll just say it because I'm not going to sell it. You know, I bought my QC proof for, I mean, QC Chewy for uh-huh. 150 Yeah, okay. And uh, I didn't happen to get a particularly good deal on the large amount of things that I bought, so mm-hmm. I was happy that I got a good deal on that. Yeah. But I would have paid probably 450 back then, you know? I mean, honestly, because for a focus collector, this is a really cool piece to have and it's yeah. a part of the history and as far as I know there's not two 41 back samples and there's only one 41 back proof and I think I know where it is but I'm probably not going to get it or it'll be whatever 10 years until I get it um, <laughs> so it's for me it was just absolute no brainer and yeah. I, I could just see that over time people starting to starting to change yeah um, so that's and I think QC is even in the intro song for the vintage vocab. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is one of my more successful intro things. That that was yeah. a, a really complicated mixture. Good, uh, just, good use of the acronyms there. <laughs> yeah, that, that that you know that's Lobart's favorite. That's what it was. He said that he okay. likes that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the vocab is Wyclef. Um, the we ain't let them change our vocabulary is some like redneck comedian. Um, <laughs> And then the rest is just a drum loop. Uh, oh, good stuff. Yep. So that's the uh, that's the QC quality control sample. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. All right, Steve, uh, let's, uh, you know what? I will have just played, I don't always have to introduce the drops, do I? I don't think so. No. no especially not the nugget drop. No. I mean, as far as, you know, we should have a poll as to what's everyone's favorite drop. Yeah. Do you know it's not, you know not going to win? <laughs> Limelight. <What? laughs> <laughs> a drop so bad, we dropped the segment itself. <laughs> It's like Poor 47 lights, minutes man. of every time any musician ever said the word lime. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't all be hits. Uh, no, no, it's true. So what have you dug out of the archive? Because to be <laughs> honest, the, the head that, that Yehuda talked about, I wanted to have as the nugget for the archive. Yeah, and that, that was my first choice. And I, I had a feeling that it might come up in some other way. So I was trying to find something else as an, as an alternate. And um, Did, did you used got- to own the Ugnot head? 
No, no. no. Okay. Um, but uh, what, what I picked out for this, staying with the Cloud City theme, is a packaging layout board for the Sears exclusive Cloud City playset. Um, and I don't know why, like, I, I love those kind of chintzy cardboard playsets in general. And for every reason, the, the packaging for this one with that green just really stands out for me. So it was cool to see something that kind of was the, uh, the predecessor. Um, but what this is, is you kind of have, and of course, this before design was all done in, in computers, you have all the, the little elements kind of pasted out on a board um, in mainly, you know, negative as far as the, the color of the packaging. It's white, and you see the, a black and white photo of the, of the image, and then the little uh, paste-ins for the text. And uh, it's, just, it's just cool to see the design process done in tangible form. I think we've said that. I've probably said that same phrase over and over again on this show. But uh, I don't think you've ever said that exact sentence. So, something like that. That's pretty erudite, <laughs> man. I mean, you're usually fairly, you know, erudite, but that's... <laughs> like, say it again. Uh, Can you say that sentence again? Something uh, about the tangible blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to see the, the way it changed. And, um, I have something similar for that, uh, you know, that poster with all the 79 figures on the back, the like Star Wars is forever or whatever. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have the, the layout board for that. And it's one of my favorite pieces in my collection. And it's because it has all these layers. And this has the same thing where you can kind of see, like, there's the dark colored part that's laid over. And it's it just, it's cool to see it. As a, as a thing, and not just a computer file, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and it's the hard thing about it is just it's really cool to just actually have it in front of you. Because yeah, it's hard to even through ha- through pictures really get an idea of what it sure. is. Yeah, um, yeah. Which actually, Steve, I'm just gonna. No, I'm not. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, actually, Steve, I'm also going to kind of announce something cool, something that um, that wasn't mentioned in the uh, Tweeter Duders Roundup. Uh, okay. Was the, the pictures that Ron showed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, Ron uh, has uh, a friend named Fluffy, and uh, Fluffy is the person who uh, was able to, to get him the pictures. And uh, I actually managed to see some some more of them. Oh, cool! And uh, so I can say that there will be more eventually right. coming out. And that's a pretty good example of something where it is pretty cool to just to see in your hand, like the actual photographs that yeah, were taken by. So, in case you didn't see it, um, uh, Ron showed uh, on the forums uh, via Fluffy. Um, I didn't pick the pseudonym. The pseudonym was. I- was it Ron Chosen? <laughs> I I believe it's Chosen by Fluffy, uh, okay. Fluffy himself. All right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, so, like, the, these pictures came from Kenner representatives who went out to the stores to take pictures of, you know, the toys in the wild. Right. And it is just, it is the absolute, you know, I call it the beginner's dream. So yeah. I think everyone who collects Star Wars toys at some point 
in the first couple months of collecting dreams of being at child world in 1980 and seeing all the toys on the pegs and just grabbing handfuls. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that is this made flesh, you know, and I could definitely say, you know, uh, I was just awesome. Just some of the best, just the, the best is yet to come. So, Oh, good to hear. Were they like, were some of them Polaroids, right? Uh, or were they all just regular regular photographs? See, I'm trying to figure out how much fluff you would want me to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll probably take it out. So anyways, uh, all of that was a way of saying that uh, a, lot of, a lot of pre-production stuff does have more of an impact. We can actually hold it and feel it. Um, yeah. And that's why I would sort of generally encourage people not to AFA a lot of things. Um, you know, get an acrylic case. Go right ahead. You know, get it from Oscar cases or from AFA. Um, but uh, something about, especially the the things with markups on it, uh, they're just really special. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, cool, Steve. Uh, you know what? Let's do a commercial here. Okay. Steve, it's been a couple of months since we've talked about our friends, meet people, and talk to them face to face. How has been your experience with meeting with people and talking to them face to face, Steve? <laughs> It's been excellent. It's been <laughs> well, excellent. very fulfilling. It's been very fulfilling. You know, I find that uh, if you ever want to like meet with colleagues or coworkers, uh, just find them and talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and definitely don't just use something on your computer that makes it so that wherever you are, you're always at work. Uh, so keep your work at your work and your home at your home. And if you have to go to a meeting, you know, go to a meeting. You know, like make sure that indefinite article A is in there. So this is sponsored by GoToAMeeting, brought to you by Human Experience. So, uh, I don't know, Steve. They, they've been really great sponsors ever since the beginning. Yes, yes. They've always had our back. Not quite as good as go to the damn post office. Um, no, but, no. Like, but we're, we're on the same, a similar level, I'd say. Yeah, we're, we're on the same level. We just, we just appreciate their support. Um, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's hit the unloved. Steve, you chose something for the unloved item. Yes. And I have no idea how we're going to talk about this. <laughs> There's nothing on the archive about it. I have no clue what it is. So, Steve, dig yourself out of this hole. What is this thing? And why did All you right. make it? Okay, so uh, as I think I've said before, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a film nerd, and these are a type of item that I've only come across relatively recently. What it is, is a little snippet of Empire Strikes Back that was released on Super 8 film for, for home use. And uh, this is a German release from a company called UFA. Uh, that's how I always, one of my professors always call it UFA, and it just kind of made me laugh. But uh, they're a long-standing company in, in Germany with an interesting history. I'll say that. But uh, <laughs> Really interesting uh, history in Germany. Where could that possibly lead? <laughs> yeah. It leads to uh, Das Imperium Schlagdruck. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm, that's a terrible German pronunciation of Empire Strikes Back. But uh, anyway. Oh, okay, what, let's, let, okay, let me try it now. <clears throat> yeah, all right. Das Imperium Schlacht Zurück. There you go. <laughs> okay. 
Um, but yeah, what, what they would do is, uh, you know, this is before the days of home video, um, for commercial releases, they would send out uh, or make available for purchase little snippets of the film, like highlight reels of, of the movie. And sometimes they would be uh, in black and white with no sound. Other times they'd have color and sound. It just kind of depended on, on what you got. But uh, I've always wanted to actually view one of these. I've never had the chance. But um, I just thought that it was cool to see one for Empire because you're starting to get toward that that kind of tipping point where stuff starts getting released on home video and, and Super 8 is starting to kind of fade away. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if others have seen these before, if anyone owns some. I'm sure, you know, as, you know, as the archive entry states, Duncan has, like, a whole set. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, they're just super cool. And I, I originally actually stumbled on one in a collection I was working on at work, and it just said Star Wars 8mm scenes. And... It doesn't really describe what they are. It just has that classic Han and Chewie photo on the front. I'm like, what? What is this? What's the story with these? And, and it turns out, yeah, they were they were just kind of made as little highlight reels for for home use. And uh, I just think they're cool. That that's that's Steve, that's they, where it comes from. They're really cool. <laughs> that UFA. Yeah. Is that like? Did you like Metropolis and like a whole bunch of like the? Yeah, no, they, they were a major like distribution yeah. company in Germany. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, so that's like seeing like I mean like you know a Warner Brothers logo or whatever. But yeah, you know, yeah, to- that's exactly Germany. what it is. Yeah, yeah, because like I saw, like when I saw the the picture that like struck a nerve. I was trying to figure out where. Yeah, yeah, no, they they released all the major German films, you know, pre World War Two, a lot of interesting stuff during World War Two, and then after that, you know, they they stayed alive doing their you know regular thing but yeah they it just i didn't realize that they went all the way until the 80s doing star wars eight millimeter that was that was really strange to me but, now, uh, now steve you just passed up a chance to ask me a question you've never asked me on this show okay what what question would that be you're, you're supposed to ask me if you went too far Oh, uh, okay. All right, have I gone too far? No, Steve, <laughs> this is awesome. This is the most Steve-Steveness that I think it's ever been on the Kivecast. That, that could be true. This is totally great. It's, it's unloved, and it, totally, it should be loved. It is yeah. really cool. Yeah, if mean, someone has a projector, and anyone, if Duncan wants to bring his, his Super 8s to the archive party or something, oh, man, that would be, be the best. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Super Eight was that was it. Like before VHS, I mean, you, that was the thing that people had at home. Yeah, they would shoot their home movies, and then they would view stuff on it. Um, yeah, it's it's just cool to see it in that format. Yeah, and I wonder if it's dubbed or subtitled. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's probably dubbed. It says it's got sound, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's it's probably dubbed. And can you imagine whoever owned this? How happy of a human being! Oh I mean, yeah, we, we we talk we've talked a lot about the projection viewer and the slideshow stuff and all that about how happy you you know that's what you had or the the record or the storybook or any of that right right but to actually have four minutes of the movie of Empire home. Strikes Back yeah <laughs> I bet it's impossible to find these that haven't been watched like a thousand times yeah see that that was gonna be my next point is like with this being really your only outlet to watch any of it. It's. I'm curious to see what condition it, it it's in. Like, right. <laughs> and I yeah. they, like what four minutes they picked. Like, if you, you yeah, know, yeah, the total, you know, like the end credits. Or <laughs> 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 oh, they just great. use these nice pictures on the box, and yeah, you, you get the uh, the end credits when you actually roll it. <laughs> 
Well, you know, Steve, I think we should we should get Duncan back on to talk about these and, and yeah, what he knows yeah. about them. Because I think you need to start a new focus of Super 8 stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty cool. Because your, your whole secondary focus of, of things from Iceland... It hasn't uh, really taken off yet. <laughs> that part of the Brahe wing is, is not exactly... It's, it's a, meta, a meta focus at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you for the the UFA. That uh, that that will be uh, long remembered. That's great. Uh, so I think that leaves us with the one dollar flicks market watch. That's right. One dollar flicks market watch. All right, Steve, it seemed to be uh, back to form, hey? Yes, yes, and miraculously. It's like I, I, I emailed Mike today, and, uh, and, it's, and he had it all ready to go. It's, it's pretty insane that these guys uh, put themselves through this <laughs> for us. It's, uh, I really appreciate it. So Yeah, I mean, between the, the tweeter-duder becoming the you know, threader-deader and you know, our, our market watchers, this is... Uh, it's been very, very nice. So yeah, why, yeah. Don't we, why don't we start with with the Ugnot? Okay. Because you know we've we've talked a lot about Ugnots this month. <laughs> Again, as only, we should. <laughs> only Obi Wan Kenobi has really been left out of the figure <laughs> of the month. Um. So <clears throat> yeah, so uh, uh, Brisbane Brisbane Mike uh, is basically able to really pretty effectively show how how Ugnot has not been affected by the hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. There is um, no if you want to buy cheap Star Wars toys, let's say for instance you want a forty one back ungraded. You know? This is uh well this is his debut card, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Steve, this is our <laughs> this is our next season. Wait a minute. We went through the whole show without even pointing that out. Yeah, we're at, we're at season uh, six, right? It's five or six. Which is it? It's, it's six. It's six, right? Because Yoda was five. Yeah. Do we have to re-record the beginning and say welcome no, to the sixth season? No. No. No, no, no. no. I, think, I think it works better that it organically came up here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris Jorgulius and Martin Thurn won't hear us as we discuss this because they will have skipped ahead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to think like, wait, what was his debut back? Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Oh wait, Yoda's like wait. Yeah, this was his debut. So yep, yep. Um, which actually, so wait, Steve, my okay. So my trademark is stupidity. Okay, we'll just get that. Trademark <laughs> stupidity. Um, I didn't realize that the forty-one backs debuted. It makes sense. I've always known that the forty-one A was the survival kit offer, mm-hmm. but I never quite put that together with the fact <laughs> that the debut card was an offered card. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> is this the first? This is the first, right? This is the first debut mm-hmm. card that was an offer. They didn't. Uh, I'm going to have to fact check on that one. But right? because the, the, the thought is fresh right? for that, I, I think. No, no, Steve, we can do this, right? And then if we're <laughs> wrong, the people are just listening to us, like, trying to beat our brains <laughs> through the <laughs> headphones. Yeah. But the debut twenty backs didn't have FET yet, right? Right. The twenty C was the introduction of the FET. So twenty A and B, 
right? Fett's debut, there's no offer. The 31 backs, there's no offer. 41 backs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't mean anything. Right. I'm just thinking about it. Um, yeah. I guess we're going to have the same thing with the 45 backs as well. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool, too. We have like this this little tiny group of 41 backs. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a mini season. Not, not as small as Yoda's season, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a nice card for 90 bucks. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a nice card. And the reason I was talking about the 41 back is that makes the QC sample that much more special. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's also of the, the, the first card that's ever appeared on. So yeah. for 90 bucks, you can get essentially a very high-quality debut card of a very <clears throat> minor character. <laughs> um, you could get a, a 41E, so that's offerless, uh, ungraded, for 26 bucks. And uh, Brisbane Brisbane mentions that they listed it as a great example for grading. Yes. <laughs> they mean you grading. Right. <laughs> and in this case, you grading the U stands for Ugnot. Yes. Um, uh, 45 back, AFA 75 for 60 bucks. 60, yeah. Yep. Um, Which seems pretty okay. good, you know, a yep. 10 buck case and a $50 figure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, it's another 45 ungraded for 45. So it's not, yeah, it's like fits in right about there. Right, yeah. Uh, and then, oh, this is cool. We got the, the double offer. This is always a sign that a figure had a rough go when you have that Power of the Force sticker on, on an Empire card. Oh, yeah. Um, this one was 93. That was about 47 back. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's cool. And where are the Ugnot focus collectors? This is, this is, man. Yeah, so, so for those of you who are not focus collectors, the Power of the Force sticker is random. So you yes. don't really know when it's going to be placed onto a card back because it was just used to clear out old stock in the Power of the Force era. So because of that, there's a theoretical in near, not infinity, but any card back could have it. So you could have this great double offer here. Yeah, this is nice. Whoever got this got a really nice deal. Yeah, it's absolutely. a really funky double offer to have a four lom uh, with a free coin offer sticker on it. And poor Ugnot, he is completely <laughs> obscured. <laughs> he is. That's true. Yeah. This is great. I wonder who won this. Yeah. Hey, if you won this, email us gmail at uh, kivecast dot com because <laughs> that is really cool. Because it wasn't even listed as as a double offer or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a great um, piece. Let's see. Then we got. Uh, let's see. The next one's a. We got a 48 for 81. It's another nice, pretty nice figure. Yep. Um, and then for the Jedi stuff, ah, okay. So an AFA 75 with that crazy old AFA sticker. I don't, they don't use those anymore, right? Those like comic book looking ones. Oh, the ones on the top. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I, I think that's just a, that's an option. Oh, it's an option. Okay. That no, um, that no one. Takes. Okay. Okay. Well, so this Jedi 77 back a was 150. Oh, man. Uh, and this is, I think this next pair is kind of my, my favorite okay. one, too. Uh, you have one Tri-Logo AFA 85, which is, it's very nice, uh, no doubt, but it sold for 450 bucks. 
Whereas a other, you know, another tri logo, not you know, super nice, but nice enough. Uh, you could get one for for about forty bucks. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, that's quite a quite a jump. Um, I mean, I think I think if I was in the the spending mode, I would have to to err on the side of <laughs> ungraded on that one. But yeah, pretty big disparity. You know, I never really noticed the the difference in the card backs. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit different. They yeah. seem really similar, but in the tri logo, you really see his little ug butt, you know, underneath. Yeah, his repelling. <laughs> yeah, you can really tell that he is the the ug not attacking the Guggenheim. Yes, um, <laughs> which is still an image that that really really amuses me. Oh, uh, you're not alone. I, I <laughs> yeah. And um, then what's yeah, nice I, is he makes he makes a kind of a segue yes. into Pete's market watch. Uh, right. Fratastic Pete, who um, starts his off. So he has kind of a, uh, and you should always go to kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. Uh, you should always go to what, Steve? Kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. Yeah. It's the place to be. It's the place to be. So he has a nice uh, write up where he talks about the, he compares the, you know, the sort of the status of the hobby now versus a year ago. Um, He's really doing some great stuff there. Sort of, yeah. I mean, he's, this sounds stupid, but he's actually really watching the market. Um, and he's, he's doing a fair amount of, uh, uh, of data analysis. Um, that's really worth looking at. And the first thing is, is a Meccano Ugnot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the Meccano Square Card Empire, they're just insanely rare. I mean, any character is insanely rare. Yeah, and that is quite evident by the fact that this one sold for. Okay, so if you're out there, just imagine, what's the most you would pay for any Ugnot? The answer is <laughs> four thousand dollars. That's that is it. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, and uh, all of this, and this is our first time talking about the purple smock, Steve. I know. I was just going to say the same thing. We haven't brought up that that old uh, <laughs> debate. <laughs> right. So I'm telling you. Martin and Chris are just missing out on all the good parts of they the show. They are. There's a lot of little nuggets in these market watches, as yeah. we'll find out in the, the, the feedback with the Toy 20 thing. That's right. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, so it's like, do you even know, Steve? You know, I, I was going to put out a thing to have someone explain to me what the smock thing was. I, yeah. And then I, mean, I, and then I was going to, like, <laughs> look it up, and then I didn't. <laughs> um, this is what I remember, and I'm, I, I think I'm pretty accurate on this. Some right. variation collectors, so variation collectors are people who buy loose figures and try to get all different ways that they could possibly look. And they try to define something as a variation, have decided that there are two kinds of smocks on an Ugnaught, the right. blue and the purple. Right. And some people think that it's just discoloration. Mm-hmm. And then other people think that it's just a question of a different factory or a different dye being used. Right. And I don't think there's anything conclusive. Right, Steve? I don't – I mean, not that I know of anything definitive. And, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I've heard people say both ways. I don't even remember what one I have, to be honest. <laughs> right. And I think that's where it falls into kind of tricky territory where yeah. it's probable that neither one is more valuable. Right. It's more right. rare. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so whoever bought this didn't spend four thousand because it's a purple smock. No, I think it's more about that square card on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a square. Yeah, 
Um, and oh, actually, man. I want to mention something too. If you are an Ugnot collector, or if you want to be, Steve, I actually looked on the Rebel Scum Classifieds today. Ooh, what did you find? I, I pretended I was someone who could spend money on toys. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Which I am not at the moment. Um, <laughs> someday, someday. But the good thing is, all my friends just just give me all this awesome stuff. So, um, yeah. So there's someone selling uh, on Rebel Scum forums a Toll Toys coin offer. Ooh! So there was um, a, a sort of a fan club that existed. No, it wasn't a fan club. I'm thinking of something different. Um, Hellerman right here, and I'll read it to you. In Australia, there was an unofficial of the Force coin sticker that was helped to move merchandise during the end of the Star Wars line. So it's this little weird, goofy, badly made square um, sticker. Uh, exceedingly rare. I've only, 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 Alright, right, so I'm, I'm recording now, Steve. So we don't usually air our technical difficulties here. <laughs> but, but, so, what happened on my end? Okay, tell me what happened on your end. Alright, so what happened on my end? Uh, you were talking about this Rebel Scum sale, and all of a sudden the audio started to jumble a little bit. And, uh, you got to the phrase, I only saw, and uh, at that point, the word, or the, the phrase, only saw, only saw, just started repeating over and over again. So I signed out, signed back in, and you called me again, and when it picked up, it just kept saying it. Only saw, only only That's it. Only 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 like, man, some crazy, I don't know what, but I think we're okay now, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think. So. <laughs> did, did, was anything weird on your end? Or? <laughs> no, I just heard nothing except for you like laughing. <laughs> and so, in my experience, that's only ever happened when like you're talking to someone and like you know their girlfriend's tickling them or whatever. So, <laughs> no, that, that that was not the case. This was. <laughs> it didn't seem to be your style, but I was almost no. like, dude, do you need me to go? Because it's cool, man. You just put a tire on the door, but just let me know because. I was trying to talk about this Ugnot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Um, okay. Only, 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 only. All right. I think we're okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll sort of, sort of start at the beginning, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cut that back again. Um, All right. But on the Rebel Scum Classifieds, I happened to see this today, and uh, it's for sale. It's still for sale. And in Australia, there were – I'm actually looking at the page in Kellerman right now – there was this attempt at having a, like getting rid of their old stock by having a coin offer. Okay. But they didn't have the actual stickers, and I think it was a totally different distribution process. So they have their own kind of ugly square stickers. Okay. Um, and I only sit, only sit, only sit. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, least, so these are really least, rare. Least, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever even seen one in person. Have you? Not in person, no. No. Um, so there's one for sale. And uh, it's and the bubble seems a little bit cracky. And uh, once again, the sticker covers up Ugnot's face. Uh, and it, peel, it appears to be a little bit torn at the edges. And there's sort of tearing up top. Um, but it's the kind of thing where 
you know, it seems as though if you just wanted to buy everything that you saw, um, with the exception of the of the Meccano, you know, you could probably get a pretty good run of almost every Empire card back and most of the uh, most of the Jedi card backs plus that cool double offer. You know, you could have a really good uh, Ugnot run for I don't know four or five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and then this would be your sort of crowning achievement because I I don't think you'll ever see one of these again. Um, right. So his offer is seven hundred and fifty, which I mean, I don't know. That seems high, but if it was a Chewbacca, I'd probably pay it. So yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> but mainly it's just a cool thing that that's part of the advantage, I guess, of paying more attention to what's going on is you get to see things that you you hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, because in the past, I'd only si- only si- only. Si- okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, so how about the rest of uh, of Pete's Market Watch? Uh, All right. So up next, we got that pair of uh, infamous Power of the Force carded figures. We got Yak Face and Anakin. Um, and that pair sold for $5,700. Um, doesn't seem too bad. No, no. It's just it's funny. It's like whenever I see these figures in particular, I remember that was when I decided I wasn't going to do a carded set because I really like the idea of having the figures on their right like card as far as the line they were from and right. so I'm like oh I'm never going to be able to go for for these so but they are they are pretty nice and uh, to get them both at once I guess if you can afford it that's that's uh, not a bad way to go right um let's see we got another three pack the imperial set from empire that was uh, sold for 3500 it's got the the commander and dengar and the adat driver um, that's always cool to see. Um, and I, it seems like they're always in here. They're, they're around. Um, yeah. and then what else we got? Ooh, hey, it's our, our title character. We got a, a Vlix for <laughs> 3150 for an AFA 75 loose Vlix. Wow. I wonder yeah. if it's possible that's the same one. <laughs> right? Cause back not- from a, yeah. There's not many of them out there, right? Of, of not not too many. <laughs> at a certain point, yeah. Yeah, it's it is funny to think that of that being the case. <laughs> oh, that one three thousand one hundred and fifty dollar flicks market watch. <laughs> yeah, changes everything. It does. Um, and oh yeah, so there's this cool lot of twenty six carded figures. This is like more more my style. Lots of. <laughs> Lots of not you know great condition figures that are averaging for about 115 a piece. So you can get 20, 26 from Empire Jedi and Power of the Force um, for th- about three thousand bucks. It's a big it's a big lot of figures, but uh, if you're going for a big collection, there you go. Yeah, I, I wonder how that breaks <laughs> down. If that breaks down to being worth it or not. Yeah, you'd have to kind of go one by one to really see. Um, I'm sure there's some in there that, that kind of help balance it out. Um. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. Um, and then you got a Jawa lot. That oh, was, whoa, whoa, one second. Yeah, it, it seems yeah, really yeah. good because you're like, wow, 115 for a a, a walking. Oh wait, wait, you start <laughs> Luke, and then you're like, yeah, but it's also 115 for a for a Gamorrean know, guard. <laughs> yeah, for a Gamorrean guard, which you know could be okay, but sorry. <laughs> so right, there's the the Jawa figure lot. Um, yes, yes, you've got. 
a Lily Letty loose, a Vinyl Cape loose, and a Carded 12 back. These are all graded for 2600 Um It's kind of a neat little... Block. Little trio. Yeah. 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 I like that um, idea. I mean, <clears throat> it seems kind of high on the price, but you're still getting something. I don't know. It seems like it's kind of creative. Like, between that and the uh, and the pairing of the, the Power of the Force... Um, yeah, and these lots there, I could see you know spending that kind of money just to kind of get them all three at once, you know. Yeah, yeah, and in that in that sense, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, man, see, I don't I don't think I've seen one of these in a long time. The uh, the Turkish MTV7 um, <laughs> mini rig, and that one sold for just over two thousand. Um, I, I w- this thing's pretty sweet. It's sweet, but um, you know, uh, uh, actually. I don't know if it's still on sale, but Joe was selling the mold for the MTV7. Really? Yeah. And I Man. Said, I forget how much uh, his asking price uh, for it was. I suppose that would be would be public knowledge. Um, I know that I was talking to somebody who was hoping to maybe get it. Um, let's see if I type in MTV mold, if that will come up. I wonder what will come up. <laughs> let's see. Best of 120 minutes, Sonic Youth, XTC. I'll put in <laughs> Uzai, as go. we now know to pronounce it. Right. Okay, maybe it's not there. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, you could have had a, a pretty busy month of spending a lot of money on the MTV7. <laughs> um, yes. I, I didn't know they went for that much. I thought that was like a, no, a, I, I didn't a either. $400 um. piece. Yeah, I I wasn't sure, but I, if I had to guess a Price is Right style, I wouldn't have gone near 2000 I don't think. No, um, but it is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome nonetheless. Um, let's see, what else do we got? We uh, It's one of those 15-figure set uh, mailer catalog, catalog mailers. Um, it's got a lot of the, all the Star Wars figures, a lot of them. And that was for uh, 1800 bucks with a little Empire... Uh, logo on the box, and man, it's it is a cool Drink. set. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think that was, was that your first your first no, one. No, no, I think no. I did say it. Maybe right before. It may have been in reference to something else during the market watch. I don't know if you want to count that, but uh, uh, now, Steve, I know you're not big <laughs> into rap. Do you, are you a Kendrick Lamar fan? I, I'm not into rap, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, he, he's, other rap. He's, he's from the West Coast, but he has a whole song okay. about about drinking, and uh, one of the lines is "drank." Just they kind of repeat it, so maybe every time you say "man," I'll have to put in the same drop of "drank." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great. I I have we haven't had someone on here. Okay, Kivecast at Mark. I mean, Kivecast at Mark Watch. <laughs> Archivecast uh, at gmail.com. We need to have a baggy specialist. Yeah, we haven't had one proper. Um, right, I mean, we've mentioned it in passing many times. I want um, like an hour long conversation about the A bag versus the B bag versus the. You wouldn't think it, but this, you know, it's really hard to find a cloud car pilot with a Hong Kong thing. There's only one in existence. You know, that like that kind of stuff. Like, I yeah. want to get so deep into baggies that like you have to put a warning label that they are not a toy you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i, I get you <laughs> um, because this this one piece with all of these star wars figures and the line art on it um yeah it's funny to me like looking at the box it almost i almost feel like how could they all fit in there <laughs> yeah it's true 
<laughs> uh, I feel time. like you could you could never reassemble this set. Now that <laughs> I would never be able to myself because. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the the line art on those boxes. They, they're actually really cool. Um, let's see, what do we got next? Uh, oh yeah, uh, one of the European four packs uh, from Return of the Jedi. It was seventeen ninety one. Um, this is another area where I've I've seen these, but I, I really feel like I should know more about them because um, I've seen some that have like an ATST driver and, and other characters that that I have interest in, um, but I just haven't. I've decided to kind of shut myself off from from <laughs> getting in trouble with them, but they they are cool, right? Um, yeah, I mean those. I don't think they're too complicated, right? I think they were just. Um just sort of uh, sold as, um, sorry, you know, combo I, packs. Yeah, they're just sort of sold as as combo packs in different countries, and this was sold in Italy. And yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're neat because it seems like they're going up because trilogos are so hot right now, and this one seems pretty good too because it has Vader in it. Yeah, um, yeah, and it also has I don't know, some Ewok. Which Ewok is that, Steve? <laughs> That's Papalu. Okay. Uh, still don't know it. 48 episodes. Ewok, Ewok, Ewok test. Yeah. Um. Wait. 48. Hey! That's another anniversary, Steve. That's a divi- divisible by 12, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is our fourth year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Revelations. Revelations. You know, for those of you who are still listening. You've just been rewarded with the fact that we just realized we've been doing this show for four years. Man, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm going to have to, cool. to save all of our memory stuff for episode 50. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. So that's a. And so I still don't know the difference between Papalu and Warlock. So it's good. <laughs> we'll get there when we when we get there. <laughs> that's a few years away. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, hey, well, oh, time out for one second. Is, is the audio still sounding okay to you? Yeah, is mine funky? Uh, it sounds a little hissy, but it may just be my terrible computer. Um, yeah, it seems okay here. It seems okay? Okay. Um, I only guess... Set, only set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just going to stop that right there. Turns out Steve was right. Uh, I think he missed the end of the Market Watch, but you could just go to the website for that. And then I started talking about the Toys R Us in Glendale. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's hit the feedback. Time for feedback. 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 Kivecast at gmail.com. So now that we're in feedback, Steve, it's the great mystery. Did I go back and stop the recording from when I started getting all like or am I going to keep it in because we had this kind of cool realization about this being the fourth year of our show yeah and, that was a historic moment and, and talking about going to Burbank I don't know it, only time will tell yes um, but know that it happened yes know <laughs> that it happened and, and it was pretty awesome um, so Steve I still have some Chewbacca star tots okay so as <laughs> yes. you know I was the sponsor of that very exciting moment. Um, and I was thinking, you know, we've talked in the past that other podcasts have done this. So mm-hmm. how do you win a star top? This is how you do it. You go to iTunes and you leave a review for our show. 
Okay. okay? That so sounds fair. A lot of other podcasts do this, and I will go through and I will randomly choose. I might come up with some kind of system like, uh, you know, the number of stars is the number of times you'll be entered into the pot. <laughs> I don't know. I might this, do- isn't, this isn't weighted at all. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, um, w- once again, I, uh, I I rely on um, Rebel Force Radio to sort of pave the way. They they kind of do that. They will give things away for people who give them five star ratings. Um, <laughs> so we may say we may do that. We may not. Um, oh, actually, Steve, you know what? They I, I wrote them an email all about the the, the buck naked uh, Princess Leia. Oh, really? Yeah, it was great. And uh, once again, it's Star Wars influences. That's the – I mean, Noble Force Radio in general is good, but influences is the one where they talk about the, the, the genesis of what Lucas right. took. Um, right. I just cannot recommend that highly enough. And Paul Bateman, the the guy who um, uh, who's basically the Ralph McQuarrie expert in the world and knows a ton about Star Wars, completely tore the theory to shreds. Huh. Um, <laughs> But he did it in a very respectful and, <laughs> okay. and basically impossible to argue with way, where he just talked okay. about you know Flash Gordon, um, and plus he has I don't know if it's a Liverpoolian, it's definitely a non-London British accent, um, which is very hard to, to argue with as well for us Americans, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was neat because uh, Jimmy Mack, the, the co-host, sort of indicated that well, maybe, but there's still a chance. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll get uh, uh, Pinkowski on the show next month. Um, I probably could have got him this month, but I don't know. I didn't feel like waiting. Um, so yes, so uh, I will go in and among all of the uh, – any event that you've already left a review, you know, sign in with someone else's, uh, uh, you know, email and leave another review, you know, say something about that you like. Um, so we'll just kind of go through and I'll, I'll randomly pick from one of those and I will send you your very own Sartot. All right. Oh, so uh, for a show that's been plagued with technical difficulties, uh, we don't have too much uh, feedback left. Uh, no. Although I will say the Rick Springfield went over really well. Yes, and I knew it would. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to, to get that out there because – that I mean, knowing how much that meant to you at that point in time, like, and then now that you're, it's it's out there, people can hear it. It's it's awesome from from my standpoint, just to to know that others can hear it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Yeah, it 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 really is. And I actually, you know, it's funny. Um, I'd sort of edited it at one point, and this was the first time I'd really heard it uh, start to finish. Yeah. Since, since I made it. And I didn't catch – it really is true. He starts off very suspicious. Yes. And then by and the I mean, end, you, you really establish trust with him. Like he's he's totally more open and seems like he's act, you know he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was fun to listen to it. And uh, <laughs> it was just like the fact that I was able to pull out the Rick Springfield song, uh, you know, How Do You Talk to Girls? Like – he goes, oh, like the way he said, oh, was like the sign that I picked a song that he liked that wasn't Jesse's girl. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then like mentioned, you know, when I was like, oh, you got the Harbert Fett. Like when that was that was the point where I got him on the Star Wars. Like like once I yeah. said the word Harbert, he was like, oh, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, I I had I had a lot of fun putting that out. Um, 
and getting a lot of a lot of really good uh, reaction. I, I did like uh, somebody. I guess they mixed up forty six and forty seven. Yeah, so, and so they <laughs> asked, "How do I skip ahead to the interview?" <laughs> so that's the most offended I've ever been. Because oh, I laughed. I knew exactly that that had been the mistake made, and I just it's like, yeah, it's like forty-seven seconds. Yeah, no, we're being I'm, like, here's the interview. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I, I say like, you know, welcome to what you know the podcast, and that's about it. <laughs> I think we just go right into it. That was funny. Yeah, so, so that was that. Um, yeah, but in general, it was just it was just all love. Um, forty-seven got got some good uh, some good reaction too. Um, Ron, correct. Ron actually thurned us, which is yes, pretty funny yeah. because we define thurn. And there, I think there is there probably is a definition out there we could come up with for what a Ronning would be, and it's not the same thing as a thurning. But no. uh, it turns out that the Yoda prototype we were talking about was actually for the hand puppet. Right, right. Not the talking Yoda. Not the talking Yoda. There, there's a little bit of confusion there, and, and it's yeah. funny. I I went back and looked through, and there was an entry that I'd missed that that kind of clarifies it. So that's that's on me. But they're they're all related in, in some fashion. But, uh, right. Yeah. Um, so you know, unlearn what what you have learned. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he mentions that the Frankenstein from Death Race 2000 is very closely related to Darth Vader. Yeah, I've um, never seen that movie. I mean, and I'm looking at the poster, and I see what he's talking about. But uh, have you seen Death Race 2000? I have not. Okay. Um, but I have seen Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> and uh, he also has his own theory that the pig nose Yoda is yes. Yoda and Ugnot Love Child. Yes, perfect uh, connection for this month. And yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's another entry that actually shows one of those on on card, and that's where Ron mentions that. And like ah, okay, I see where you're coming from. That is an ugly love child. Oh yeah, if yeah. there ever was one. You yeah. know, did, did Danny DeVito and Rita uh, Rhea Perlman ever have kids? <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm just. Uh, uh. Right, I mean that's pretty close, right? I mean, as far as you know, unholy. Okay. Uh, and then lots of people seem to like uh, the the stuff about Martin Thurn's uh, Star Wars collector, and maybe yeah. we're pushing a little bit to get those all digitized. Yeah, um, that, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then I almost because it happened at the beginning of the month, I almost forgot to mention the thing from David Tree. Oh yeah, that was a really really nice email that he he sent us. Um, yeah. So, so David Tree puts on the farthest from. Uh, Festivals, parties, conventions, shows. I don't exactly know what you call it. Yeah. Um, gatherings. Let's call it the gatherings. All right. Um, or maybe that's a cool British word for it. Maybe. Um, Jubbly Wumpers? <laughs> I don't know if Dave's going to be on board with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say that was not for me, Dave. <laughs> okay, so, so you know, uh, he's had a couple of these Jubbly Wumpers. And... Um, uh, and so, like, he just sort of said that part of the inspiration was was the Kivecast. So that yeah. was that was yeah. pretty cool. Um, you know that he had been uh, burned and sort of disen uh, disenchanted with the whole McWilliams fiasco, right? And uh, that somehow we kind of helped him out, kind of get back into collecting. Um, so that was that was really really nice. You know, we really do like stories about that. Um, because, as we always say, you know, we we don't know, you know, um, 
I uh, we still have basically no idea of knowing how many people listen to our show. So, <laughs> um, and then apparently he was playing the show at the farthest from Jubilee. Yeah, Wump, yeah, <laughs> at the Jubilee Wump. So, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to convince myself that's what a collector gathering is called. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I'm not going to read the read the whole email because it was kind of private. Uh, it's great. I guess yeah, we already talked about the uh, the Toy Tony rewind. Um, yes. So yeah, that that was oh man, you just have to listen to it. It's uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. So I don't know, Steve. I have to say that I have really enjoyed this episode. Yes, um, as have I. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun because you know when it's just you and I, um, sometimes I feel like ooh this may, may be too thin, and then when there's other people involved, I'm like ooh this is going to be really hard to edit. But I feel like this is not going to be too hard to edit, and I feel like I want to listen to it and kind of like kind of have fun listening to it. So I think our our year of positivity is it's just it's just paying off. It's off and, to the the right start. And what could be more positive than to continue with Head Wound Harry? Yeah, I mean, the most positive guy in in all the the vintage (laughs) realm. I can already tell I'm going to spend, like, I'm going to spend a long time talking about his facial expression on the card back. Um, (laughs) You know what? Let's try something else new, Steve. What's that? Uh, Kivecast at (laughs) gmail.com. Let's have a caption contest. For the Dengar card back. Ooh, okay? That so sounds like a good idea. What is he thinking yeah. or saying? And I'll tell you we what. Should each, uh, we should each come up with our own as yeah, well. We should each come up with our own. But uh, the one that wins. Okay, if there are more than five entries, the one that wins, I'll send a star top to. All right, all right. So you have uh, two opportunities for, for a Chewy star top. Two now. opportunities. I mean, that's probably too much, but it's, it's getting late and. Uh, you know, the Diet Dr. Pepper that I had about f- five hours ago is starting to wear off. So let, let's just do that. <laughs> you ever have Diet Dr. Peppers, Steve? I, I have. I can't say it's in my regular <laughs> soda rotation, but... <laughs> well, I don't really like diet sodas, but I also don't like being obese. So uh, it's nice because Dr. Pepper itself is such a weird flavor. Um, I don't know. I've been getting into, like, uh, Taco Bell, too. Dude, Taco Ooh. Bell is awesome. You know what? It's 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 underrated. It's got it, its place in the world. You know? It really does. It, once you accept that it's, you know, that it's not. Uh, it's like it's it's Quentin Tarantino. That's what Taco Bell is. Dude. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you why, right? Because like you get into Tarantino and you think he's the greatest filmmaker of all time, and then you realize that he's influenced by all these other people, and then you go and you see all these movies that he was influenced by, and then you hate Tarantino for just being this knockoff, pale, watered-down version <laughs> of these things that he told you about. That's Taco Bell, Steve. I didn't know anything about Mexican food. I'm introduced to this wonderful world. I then go off, live in California, have the best burritos oh, in the man. world. Oh, and then man. I'm like, oh, I'm too good for Taco Bell. No, you know? no, it still has its place. It still has its place, you know? Kill Bill Volume 2, the grilled <laughs> stuffed nacho with that weird <laughs> commercial that implies, you know, <laughs> underage uh, sexual congress, uh, you know? I, I, we are past the, the the clock has struck midnight a while ago. I can tell. It has. It has. <laughs> One last thing about Taco Bell, Steve: the Mexi Melt. Okay, 
<laughs> the Mexi Melt, when, when I first went to California, my brother Ward, we were visiting Lobart. My brother Ward <laughs> took me to a Taco Bell, and it was the closest I'd ever gotten to this is how to be a man was he explained to me how to order at Taco Bell, and he told me you always have to end with a Mexi Melt. Yeah, well, that's you're not the first person to have said that to me. Really? <laughs> no, and one of my best friends, who's of the same school about Taco Bell, that is his philosophy as well. It's the closer. Like you have to have a closer. Like when because the <laughs> menu items are so small, like you have to like pick them out right and like measure it and make sure you get just the right ending. And nothing ends like a Mexi Melt because that's what sends you running to the bathroom. That's what gets you that weird. And no one likes it. It was never been advertised. It's just this weird thing that they have never taken off the menu. <laughs> and uh, to get us back into Star Wars, they did release Episode One premiums for yes. <laughs> Taco Bell, right? Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. frisbee things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cup, cup toppers and uh, yeah, there we go. I think there was a Sebulba Maxi Melt warmer. Uh, uh, on so that I, note, I would have cut myself off, but I could tell I was on fire, Steve. I just, I no, just had to let it no. burn, baby. <laughs> burn like the hot sauce, the fire uh, sauce. That's right. All right, Steve. Well, uh, you know what? What is not burning is, um, <laughs> well, maybe going down in flames is my hockey team. Oh, jeez! Um, I almost I've forgot. Hit, I hit a record. I'm like, I'm gonna. What I want to know is. This is something I, I just don't know about fantasy sports. Can you get like below zero? Can I get into sub zero temperatures for my, my hockey team? No. Okay. So so for those of you um, who are you know some of you are like oh god get back to talk about Mexi melts yeah. So the way rotisserie <laughs> scoring goes is the worst score you could possibly get is one point for each of the categories. Ah. So there are. 10 categories. So I'm getting close. <laughs> the lowest amount of points you could possibly have is 10. And I'm, Steve, I'm as of now, you have 16.5 points. Wow, that's up from 15. That's the last yeah. time I looked. Hey. <laughs> so oh, you, are, you are moving up in the world. That is a... That is that is a really bad score. I mean that that's that's all thanks to James Van Rijmsteek. <laughs> <laughs> he really he he helped me boost my uh, my points up just a little. Uh, he did. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you for reminding me of that. And, uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, wampa wampa. Adios. But this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display pack and certificate.